Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Anyways, Mike, that is how I heard that uh, White Lotus's uh, creator was inspired by Luigi's Mansion to create that show. That makes sense. I mean, it's basically the same premise of people going to a nice place and dying. But, oh, uh, we're live, Neil. Oh, Mike, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for coming back. Had a great week of our Weezer episode from last week. Here today to talk about some Luigi's Mansion. Going to be a great episode, so we're going to jump into that a little bit later. But before we do, uh, what's new with you? What's new in your life since last time we talked? New for me is learning about acceptable times to eat certain fruit. And what I mean by that mm. is I had a conversation with my cousin, who's been on this podcast a couple times before, talking about the GameCube. And mm-hmm. I told him that I love a banana at lunch, big banana lunch fan. Uh, and he said, that's wrong. Uh, he said, bananas oh. can be eaten only for morning. They're a breakfast fruit. What do you They're think an about AM that? fruit. Okay. A banana being an AM fruit. Mm-hmm. I disagree because I can eat banana all times of the day. Uh, there were certain times in my life where I was eating two or three of them a day, actually. One at breakfast and one usually as a midday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I never understood eating one at lunch because my issue is always – okay, I'm going to school, I'm going to work, I need to pack this thing. And like (laughs) bananas, I don't know if you know, if you put a banana in a backpack, it goes black in like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) For whatever reason, those things do not survive well outside of a a fruit bowl. It's like the Seinfeld joke. These things are good for one day. Um, (laughs) So if you're at home, I can understand maybe the banana being an all-day thing. But if you're on the road, you need to pack it with you. I can definitely see you got to get that thing out of its uh, out of its peel and inside of you uh, within the hour. <laughs> yeah, that that it's it's a it's a time crunch. It's like uh, it's mm. like break the safe the the uh, the, the exactly board game. <laughs> classic family board game. Now, when you say acceptable times, do you only mean during the day or even like throughout the year? Acceptable times of eating oh. fruit. No, I meant just yeah. during the day, but but that uh, that okay. conversation could definitely keep going for that. Um, and I mean, there's lots of other fruits too. Like I always rag on uh, my girlfriend about. The fact that she doesn't mind eating grapefruit at 5 p.m., which I think is insane. Hmm. But because um, yeah. grapefruit is very much a early a.m. you know meal yeah. for me. You see, the problem with grapefruit that I've always had, and I think we might have talked about this on this show, is that with, if you eat it in the morning, if I eat a citrusy fruit like a grapefruit around the time that I'm brushing my teeth, it's a bad time. Like mm-hmm. that, those two flavors do not mix. <laughs> so I, I want the I want the grapefruit consumption to be as far away from brushing my teeth as possible. So for that reason, I think maybe that's more of a lunch fruit. I, I base my, uh, my my fruit choices around brushing my teeth literally because <laughs> – Grapefruit and pineapple specifically are disgusting around uh, brushing your teeth for some reason. So um, for me, I'm trying to think what fruits don't I eat at night? Like I eat, I'll eat fruit all day, but I'm trying to think like at night, is there anything where like, you know, that's too much. I'm a melon guy at night personally. I, I, I really like cantaloupes, uh, honeydews uh, after dinner meal. Yeah, that's a good one. See, for me, I love strawberries, but I can't, I don't know if I like just, I mean, in dessert, it's a different concept, but like just a, just a on its own strawberry after dinner, I feel like that's too much. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Something about, like, I guess, you know, I've had meat, potatoes, you know, whatever it is, maybe. <laughs> and, like, it's just a heavy, very, uh, I guess, wholesome meal. Like, I guess strawberries just don't do it. Too sweet, maybe. Maybe that's it. But I'll eat strawberries all day, every day, just not after dinner, I suppose. But I really love uh, mandarins and clementines in, in the winter. I don't know what it is. Those are like a Christmas fruit for me. 
Christmas. I don't yeah, so much yeah. like them in the summer. I agree. I mean, I, I associate mandarins and clementines in my stocking. I used to exactly. get that all the time. My mom would put it, or sorry, Santa would put the uh, the clementine in hmm. uh, in my uh, in my stocking, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and yeah, uh, fruits. We can talk about fruit. We could have a whole podcast about fruit, honestly. Uh, my family is really, like, that's what we do when we have Christmas dinners, is that the conversation usually uh, dives into fruit, because that's what we uh, can all agree on. So it's a good <laughs> family topic. And uh, I also talk often about fruit and other things, fruit and jello, fruit and yogurt, and even fruit and ice cream sometimes, Neil, is pretty good. Hmm. Sure. I mean, strawberry ice cream is always a, mm-hmm. is always a popular one. Speaking of ice cream, Mike, I do have a topic here for you, and it's a recurring topic that we had in our previous series, The GameCube Was Cool, and that is Mike is Loco for this logo. Do you want to uh, review a logo with me over the uh, over this podcast? I would love to. Oh, man, we got to get Victor to... He could, he could probably make a fun little jingle for that. That'll be his next project. Probably. Pretty soon, this whole podcast is just going to be Victor jingles, but <laughs> until, until we get to that point. Mike, have you seen the new logo for uh, Baskin Robbins, the classic North American ice cream chain? Uh, been around for a long time, since 1947. Um, they've gone through four logos in their entire uh, existence, if you will. I'm not sure if these uh, these ice cream parlors are in Europe. I know we have a lot of European listeners, but basically they're popular for being a, uh, a scoop ice cream provider. Uh, they also make very expensive ice cream cakes, if that's your thing, at birthdays and Christmases and whatnot. And uh, for the longest time, since about 2006, they've been very popular for having the 31, uh, the number 31 in their logo, which represents the number of flavors that they offer at any given time. And they just launched a new logo now. I'll look it up on your phone if you're listening to this at home. But Mike, what do you think of this uh, this new logo that Baskin Robbins put out? Well, so I actually got wind of this logo early on, Neil, because I am subscribed to a design site called uh, Brand New, and it's uh, a division of under consideration. It's a great site. If you're a designer, you should definitely be subscribed to it. If you're not, just become my friend, and I will probably send you screenshots of uh, <laughs> logos that I like and don't like. And uh, one of them was the Baskin Robbins logo. And uh, Armin, who's one of the the creators of Brand New, is just a, a brilliant writer. He is so good, and he his reviews are amazing. He really goes in depth. Somehow he gets like every single asset too from like all these companies like Baskin Robbins. So you can really see it, not just as the logo, but you can see it um, everywhere, you know, plastered everywhere too. And uh, yeah, this happened in April, 2022, Neil. So actually a year ago, but they haven't really been rolling it out too much. Of course, rebrands take a long time to roll out just like ours. Uh, (laughs) It took three months. So uh, uh, um, I mean, first glance, I hate it would be... Would be what I would say, <laughs> because the old logo had nothing wrong with it, really. Right. Um. It was. It was kiddish. It was whatever. It was. It, it, but it. It was somewhat iconic in that sense, even though it had only been around for about fourteen years. Uh. And for me, like, I. I associate Baskin Robbins almost less with like our own childhoods, because for me it was more like Dairy Queen and stuff. But sure. Uh. I went to South Korea uh, about five years ago, and there were Baskin Robbins everywhere there. And so that's what I always associate in my mind, uh, is that Baskin Robbins is actually very big in Asia, big in Japan, too, apparently. Mm. So, um, okay. uh, yeah, this, um, but this Baskin Robbins, you know, they, they, they went with their original colors, which were the brown and mm-hmm. and uh, and pink. I love the pink, but not sure why brown is being used here. Brown and f- food <laughs> shouldn't really yeah. be together that often and it's like a sickly brown it's not a good brown and uh there's you know they have the 31 still hidden they, they kept that up mm-hmm. but to do that they had to make the b have these two complete circles 
um, mm-hmm. in between instead of just the half circles that make a normal B. And that's what yeah. I think throws me off the most. Yeah, it looks like 81R now, basically, is uh, what the new logo looks like. I know what you were saying. That's what I wanted to get your opinion on was the new – they've kept the shade of pink the same. I'm looking at the yep. previous logo and the updated logo side by side. It looks pretty close. Maybe it's a little bit brighter than before, only slightly, but that could just be because now it's contrasted by the brown. But I love that blue and uh, pink from before, uh, the BR31, and even the one uh, before that, just before, from uh, 2006 to – hang on. I have the number dates here. 1991 to 2006 was the second logo, yep. and then 2006 to 2022 was the uh, the previous logo that most people know them for. I like those two logos quite a bit. This one, like you said, is going a bit back to their original one, which they had for 44 years, which is a long time yeah. for a company to keep the same logo. Um that one, not quite as great. This one feels like something out of the 70s. I don't know what it is. And we should we should bring back as little as possible from the 70s if we can help it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's very 70s. And I actually, again, Armin, great, great writer here, explaining why they went with the brown. It's because of chocolate, Neil. It's because this mm, was supposed to be no. like Neapolitan, where it's the white background, the, the pink, you know, the strawberry 31, and the brown BR, so the chocolate BR. I don't. I, I think. I think you're reaching. I think that's a big reach. And I get why they they did it. You know, with the to call back to the old logo. But no. Even chocolate brands don't highlight brown in their logos. Yes, that's my thing. Exactly. With that like usually brown is in it. Like it's maybe the the lettering a little bit, or there's some accents in there that are brown. But like I think of a company like Lindor, and it's mostly gold and reds. And um, Nestle, they use a lot of different colors. But like I think of the Smarties logo there with all the different uh, colors, and there's some brown in there, of course. But anyway, I'm sorry to hear that you're not uh, not too hyped about the Baskin Robbins <laughs> logo loco. here. But may- maybe, not too loco for that loco. logo. So. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> this is a no loco logo for Mike on uh, on this one. But anyway, glad that I could run that one by you. I'll be on the lookout for other logos. I don't have the inside knowledge on uh, logos. I have to wait until they hit the mass market because I'm just a normie that drives past Baskin Robbins. And I was like, oh, there's a good one. Yep. But I'll have to uh, keep driving around and see if I can find another logo to bring up in uh, the next few weeks. We'll see how loco I am for it. But uh, Neil, I got to ask, in our last episode, uh, you talked about that you had some blue garlic. Uh, not the blue album, but uh, mm. you ate blue garlic. And I just want to see, you seem to be alive and you seem to be somewhat sane. Mm. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, I could be dead. I could be like one of the ghosts from Luigi's Mansion just existing mm-hmm. uh, forever in this condo. Someone will have to come and uh, suck me up with a, with a vacuum at some point. But yeah, if listeners may, for the, the hardcore, the ride or die listeners who uh, who listen to our post jingle, I don't know, Easter egg, whatever you want to call it. I talked about uh, how I was cooking some food in a slow cooker last weekend and uh, I checked in on it and the garlic had turned blue. I don't know if that was because uh, maybe the garlic was old or it was just cooking at just the right temperature, but it turned basically Weezer's Blue Album blue, and I was really concerned about it because I thought maybe I was going to kill me and my fiance. Uh, had to look it up on Google, and uh, they said it's completely safe. And actually, when I went back to uh, to check on it once the meat was done cooking, the garlic had actually gone back to that uh, shade of, I don't know, wilted brown that it, it turns eventually once it's been cooked. So the green and blue eventually did go away. We ate the chicken. It was pretty good, and uh, I'm I'm still somewhat alive. Somewhat alive is mm-hmm. you know what better than nothing, and honestly right. better than me on most days. So mm-hmm. that's pretty good. That's pretty good, Neil. Uh, blue garlic, okay to eat. Yep. That's from Doctor Neil right there. That's right. I am I am not a doctor, <laughs> but I play one on the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. Speaking of unlocking what was cool, Mike, I think that it's time that we uh, we start today's episode with a uh, with an oldie. What do you think? Nintendo. 
Nintendo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro that we love from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on every major podcast service. We are the number one podcast on the internet, hosted by people named Mike and Neil. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad-free and a little early, and the option to submit a topic for an upcoming patron episode. Go on over there and check it out. Last week, we talked about Weezer's Blue Album. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we are talking about a game that Mike and I covered on episode 2 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. Uh, we have been wanting to revisit this game uh, for a long time because this was one of the first episodes that Mike and I ever recorded together, so it's really mm-hmm. fun to go back and listen to it. The, <laughs> the show structure, there wasn't any, so there's that. <laughs> Mike, yep. for some reason, sounded like he was recording in the bathroom. I sounded like I just woke up. I still think I sound like that, but I have slightly <laughs> more energy than I used to. So uh, it, it's really fun to go back and listen to that. But also now we have the ability to go back and talk about Luigi's Mansion, having talked about all other 554 North American GameCube games. Uh, so we have that as well under our belts. Um, so we are going to be doing a revisit of a GameCube game today, which is going to be a lot of fun. But before we uh, bring on some callers for today and uh, bring up all of our reoccurring segments, Mike, let's uh, let's kick it off from wh- how we normally do. What are your memories of playing Luigi's Mansion? All right, yeah. So I I didn't really talk about it too much. I kept veering off topic last time yep. we, we talked about Luigi's Mansion, so I'll, I'll keep on topic here. So my first memories of Luigi's Mansion weren't actually the game itself. I had no idea the game existed. It was playing the Luigi's Mansion courses in battle mode in Mario Kart Double Dash. Because, of course, that was the first game I got for, I guess, the second game I got uh, for the GameCube. And uh, playing that, I loved it. There was something about the music, the atmosphere that I immediately was hooked to. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. This is very not Nintendo. That was my first thought, even as like an 11-year-old. I was like, this is not... The Nintendo that I know. This is kind of spooky. The The music is very different. I, I love the graphics of this. It's it's so... And I, I always liked Luigi. I always liked picking Luigi. So there was an affinity there even before I ever picked up the game. And I didn't end up playing the game probably until near the end of the GameCube's life cycle, which is 2005, 2006, I think. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it then. It was it was a great game. I, I, I beat it quite quickly. I it was spooky for sure. I think there was moments that I had little little scares, and I don't remember playing it when it was dark outside because <laughs> it's kind of a spooky game. But uh, yeah, I think uh, that's my main memories of it. Uh, what about you, Neil? That's awesome. Yeah, I played it way later just because, like like I talked about in that episode that we already did, I, as a kid, I played a lot of licensed games back in the day. The GameCube for me was the machine to play. Uh, James Bond, SpongeBob, Spider-Man, Scooby-Doo games. I didn't mm-hmm. really play a lot of first-party Nintendo games, which is uh, blasphemous. Like nowadays, I, I have all the Nintendo games. I play all the Nintendo stuff on all the hardware. I was definitely, I was definitely doing Nintendo wrong back in the day for sure, <laughs> for sure. So I didn't play Luigi's Mansion. I figured it out. It was summer of 2014. I was between college semesters, and uh, I was really getting back into uh, game collecting in that summer. And I was listening to, this is also when I was getting into podcasts as well and YouTube videos, and I was checking out all of the uh, the GameCube collectors and certain Nintendo collectors and retro video game hunters and everything. It was a really fun, fun hobby back in 2014. It's not quite as the same as it is now, unfortunately, because GameCube prices have shot up mm-hmm. a crazy amount <laughs> since then. So picked up this game on uh, eBay after hearing so many YouTubers talking about it. 
it being in a lot of top 10, top 15, sometimes top 5 GameCube lists. Everyone's saying this is a must-own GameCube game. It's the biggest launch game of the console. So I was like, all right, got to play this game. And I, I picked it up at a pretty decent price. I think I'm pretty sure I paid about 40 bucks for it, which today is you'll not find this game for 40 bucks anywhere. Um, no. And right off the bat, just like you said, Mike, I was blown away with the presentation of this game. Uh, I love the the graphics of it the the way that the the mansion looks i i was really interested in how i was very used to bright colorful nintendo games i had played a couple of mario games at this point i of course had played smash bros and double dash and mario party which i don't think has a shadow in it those games are very bright and colorful they almost all take places on cruise ships or whatever yeah so this was a complete 180 from that and it starts off right away you've got you know coked out Luigi walking through the woods and there's crows and there's lightning and he's scared and there's a weird pirate treasure map that's taking him to this haunted mansion and and you instantly walk inside of it and you know you've got crying toads and ghosts everywhere and there's the 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 mansion is like it feels dusty and there's cobwebs everywhere and and Luigi's terrified and and just the way that the the whole story plays out introducing new characters and different gameplay mechanics than I'd ever seen in a Nintendo game before it was a really cool experience I'm just it's so mm-hmm. sad like you said like you played it when you were only 12 and 13 and and you beat it in a couple of days or a couple of hours and that that's really the the, the true shame of this game is just how short it is cuz it, yeah. it is yeah. it's a short but sweet experience for sure and I've played it a bunch of times since then and I picked up the sequels I got the one on 3DS uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and eventually I didn't actually end up beating Luigi's Mansion 3 I fell off of it for some reason it just wasn't doing it for me Me too yeah. I liked it, but I never actually fully beat it. I was, I'm basically at the end. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go and beat it one day. <laughs> Probably. And never did we recapture it, though. Uh, the, those games just didn't quite do the same thing that the original one did for whatever reason. And going back to play Luigi's Mansion on GameCube this week, it just reminded me how special of a console the GameCube is and how special of a game Luigi's Mansion is. So very excited yeah. to be revisiting it today and uh, bringing on some, some callers. But uh, I guess for the listeners out there that don't know much about Luigi's Mansion as a series or as a product i guess maybe we can go through uh the other entries in the series the sales and uh just what the market looked like around luigi's mansion in 2001 yeah let's do it uh, of course uh, this is a launch game you know mm-hmm. this was our kind of big thing that we talked about for our second episode for the gamecube is cool uh we had just done the launch day episode and this was the uh, continuing the launch day, basically, but obviously the biggest AAA title there. And of course, we mentioned how there was no Mario game. The first time ever that Nintendo did not have a Mario game launching uh, at uh, at the launch of a console like that. And, you know, that, that hurt for sure. And we talked, in, uh, interestingly, about how it would have been very different for us and our views would have been very different on the GameCube, you know, maybe being 10 years older, right, in, uh, in 2001 and, and having kind of lived through those console launches with Mario uh, for all those uh, all those different consoles and all those different games, and then getting to the GameCube being so hyped and having it just be Luigi instead. And of course, this is an amazing game. Uh, and I, I think it even tells it says something when, uh, when um, uh, what's his name, uh, Miyamoto, when Miyamoto had to say that, yes, a Mario game is coming. And uh, that that was always kind of a a not great look to me because it's like, well, you know, there's this guy, but don't worry, the real game's coming. And, and there was always some sense of that. And even today, there's still a bit of a, a sense that this isn't the real game, you know, the real mm-hmm. launch game for 
for uh, the GameCube. It was Melee, it was Sunshine, it's whatever you want to call it. But this game is, is such an amazing, fantastic title. And of course, it was the fifth best-selling GameCube game uh, of all time, even though it was one of the first games to be launched, mm-hmm. uh, selling 2.5 million copies. And um, then we also had Dark Moon coming out 10 years ago today, Neil. Oh, wow. That's yeah. that's awesome. That's crazy to think. I can't. I, I'm really getting depressed on how old the 3DS is getting at this point. We need <laughs> we need to stop getting older. We got to stop getting older. But yes, the, uh, one of the reasons we wanted to do Luigi's Mansion this this month was for the 10, 10th anniversary of Dark Moon. What are the stats for that one, Neil? Yeah, six point five million uh, sold uh, for Dark wow. Moon, making it the twelfth best selling game on the console. But I mean, 3DS, you've got all those Pokemon games ahead of it. It had a bunch of Zeldas on it, so no surprise that it uh, didn't sell quite as well. In terms still of rankings, still very good for a uh, 3D platformer. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Luigi's Mansion was ported to 3DS. That's the GameCube version. In 2018, that one only sold about half a million units, unfortunately. But it was a late entry. 2018, really would have loved it on the Switch, but uh, yeah. I'm over it at this point. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 3 was, came out a year later in 2019. Sold. Uh, it's still selling, but has sold to date currently 12.5 million units, making it the 15th best-selling uh game on the switch so total luigi's mansion as a series has sold about 22.8 million copies and counting around the world it also has that arcade cabinet that pops mm-hmm. up in dave and busters and whatnot i have no idea how well that game is doing because uh we've had pandemics and everything over the last few years but i'm sure that it's still a very popular uh piece at most of those uh those arcades yeah i i had a note here that you actually said in the last episode that uh or in that the second episode that you said you wanted to see if uh, you could play it because there's always big lines Mm -hmm. Uh, so i wanted to see if there's still big lines but you probably don't know i don't know i haven't been back to a david buster (laughs) since 2019 uh but i'll have to go back and check it out at some point Uh, i'm sure i'll find my way into one eventually but no, the, the release of Luigi's Mansion in 2001, first announced in uh, 2000 as a tech demo for the GameCube, and was later expanded to a full game. Uh, a lot of the full motion videos and commercial uh, commercial clips, I suppose, that were used to showcase the GameCube never actually made it into the final game, unfortunately, but it really did show off the GameCube's ability to uh, produce shadows, lighting effects, particle effects, and everything like that, which a lot of core gamers loved, like a lot of the hardcore Nintendo fans loved, but this was one of the uh, the first examples, I think, of hardcore gamers how hardcore gamers can't support Nintendo. They need to get those casual gamers out there, which they clearly showed with the Wii. Uh, I think that Luigi's Mansion is is a great game, and the people who played Nintendo games growing up and could appreciate video games could... Uh, enjoy the change in gameplay mechanics. They knew another Mario game was coming. They didn't need that Mario launch title, but the, I guess maybe not even casual Nintendo fans, but just the, uh, I don't know what to call them. Like the, the reliable, you know, the like, just, sure. Uh, yeah. The, the, the ones constant. who will, yeah, the constant ones who will buy mostly everything on Nintendo, as long as Nintendo keeps doing what they've been doing at this point for the last 25 years, they lost them with this move of not putting out a Mario game. It was something that Nintendo purchasers had come to expect was that they'd get a console and a Mario game. And this broke that. So it kind of separated the, uh, the people like us from the people like our parents or our cousins who stopped playing video games when they turned 12. And I mean, eventually we did get Super Mario Sunshine, which is awesome. But at that point, I think uh, it was obviously too late. We talked about that a whole bunch on the GameCube was cool, how there was, uh, you know, definitely a turning point when there was a peak of GameCube and then it was just a steady decline for like basically half of its life cycle, unfortunately. So 
it, it wasn't an obvious stumble to to put out Luigi's Mansion with the launch, but it definitely, looking back, was, unfortunately. I think if they had switched Sunshine with Luigi's Mansion, we'd be talking about a completely different uh, history for Nintendo, but... We do have Luigi's Mansion to talk about as the number one best-selling GameCube launch title and the best-selling game of November of 2001, which is pretty impressive considering at the time it was up against Rogue Squadron 3, Wave Race, SSX Tricky, Halo Combat Evolved, Madden 02, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, and it was also right around the time that uh, GTA 3 came out. So up against quite a few big-selling games, not all on GameCube, obviously, but still, uh, the market was pretty competitive in the the winter of uh, 2001. As a completely new franchise, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could argue that people know Luigi from, you know, Mario, obviously. But it is, there's no Mario here, right? It's a completely new IP, realistically. Mm-hmm. And that's a big risk. Uh, and I and that was the biggest theme, I think, in our entire podcast mm-hmm. for the GameCube was the fact that, that Nintendo was really w- willing to make these kind of crazy risks, risks at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Neil, speaking of the time, I'd like to go back quickly before we have our first guest on the show, because we will have some lovely guests to talk about Luigi's Mansion. I want to go back quickly to some of the things we talked about last time, uh, three years ago, actually, Oof. and uh, and see see what's changed since then. A uh, couple things here. You watched Close Encounters with the Third Kind for the first time uh, back uh, three years ago. What do you, mm-hmm. do you do? Do you remember it fondly now? Do you what what are your thoughts of that now? Yeah, it's interesting because we were talking a lot about sci-fi for some reason in that episode. I can't remember why, but I this was in uh, we started the podcast right at the beginning of the pandemic, and in the month of April, I spent every night I watched a, a different movie. I just I wasn't really a huge movie watcher pre-pandemic, and I decided for the month of April I'm going to hunker down and I'm going to watch all these movies that I probably should have seen by now. So we talked about Life as well, Ryan Reynolds' movie, Uh, and uh, (laughs) Close Encounters of the Third Kind was another one that my dad was really recommending that we watch, and gotta say, it hasn't really stuck with me the same way uh, other sci-fi movies have. I remember certain parts of it, but it's not exactly, I haven't gone back and watched uh, watched it since then. Um, but, uh, that was definitely, I definitely remember, I just remember the experience of watching it with my parents. Cause I don't watch a lot of movies with my, with my family, but it's a slow sure, moving yeah. sci-fi film. Um, I, I, I mean, if you're a sci-fi fan, you like movies from the seventies, probably one to worth checking out, probably one worth checking out because it has influenced a lot of movies since then. I also found a note from, uh, from that episode, Mike, that I said that by the time we finished the GameCube was cool project, uh, we would likely have kids by the time <laughs> yeah. we were done. So report back to me, Mike, do you have any kids over there? Not yet, Neil. What about you? Nope, no kids here. I am getting married this year, though, so that's a huge change in three years. So yeah, that, that happened, there, but there's something. <laughs> we did accomplish something in three years, I suppose. We also had a friend of the show, Zaffir, on, uh, for, and this was our first guest ever to come on uh, the podcast, and we we did him dirty. I got to apologize, <laughs> Zaffir. We kind of just didn't really introduce him. He just kind of came on, and it was an awkward <laughs> introduction, saying hi. Uh, Kirsten, friend of the show, Kirsten, actually pointed out, she was the one who said, this is not a good idea. You guys should like have some way to flow the guest into the show, which we did, I think, a couple episodes after that. We figured mm-hmm. it out. Um, and there was a point where we just... Zaffir stopped talking, and then the two of us just talked for about ten minutes, uh, yep. uh, just to, like just the two of us without him. And then uh, you were like, "Oh, Zaffir, are you gonna are you gonna stay? You're gonna go? Like, what's going? <laughs> like, it was such a weird. You're like, yeah, it should be like Seinfeld, where just you know people pop in, pop out, which clearly cannot work in a podcast format. No. But uh, but it was really funny to hear. And Zaffir's like, "Okay, yeah, I guess I'll go by." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Just like all of a sudden he was on it, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. I do like our 
our uh, your introduction to the uh, to, to the callers coming on, and then my you know saying what a nice young man or what a nice young lady to kind of indicate that they are now gone. Uh, that that was a, a big learning experience, which was uh, great. Also, just opening and closing the podcast too. Like we yes. go back just to the very beginning. <laughs> we did not really introduce what our show was. Uh, and we did not even really close out the podcast at all. We just kind of said, okay, bye. And then you that said, was thank it. you to our 20 listeners for downloading the podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I thanked our 20 <laughs> listeners at the time. And thankfully, we have a lot more than 20 listeners now. I, as a speaker, uh, have I feel like I've improved quite a bit. I just noticed I couldn't stand the amount of lip smacks that I was making uh, throughout the episode. Just... <laughs> You know, I can't even, I don't even want to do it now because I've made such a conscious effort to not do it ever. Yeah. It's bloody annoying. So I appreciate people bearing with me as I, uh, as I lose that habit. And I also sounded like I just woke up. Uh, I don't know why I sounded so tired in that episode, but I also think that that was back when I was recording that in my basement, sitting cross-legged in front of my microphone. I don't even think I had a desk set up. So I've, I've, I've had a little bit of an improvement on how I, uh, how I position myself while recording the show. I'm quite more comfortable now. That's good. That's good to hear. And uh, Neil, a, a big question for me here. Do you still hate Toad? I noticed that. I was ripping on Toad quite a bit at that part. I, <laughs> no, I don't still hate Toad. I will say I've softened a little bit on my hatred for Toad. I will say, though, that as a kid, I stand by the fact that I don't – I didn't know a lot of people who liked him. There was no yeah. reason to like him. He was just yeah. this side character that was – he was another – he was a player that my sister could use in Mario Kart and Mario Party, and that was basically it. There was nothing to love about him was my main problem. I guess saying that I hate him is probably a little bit too much <laughs> – was a little bit too much at the time. So I do apologize to all the Toad fans out there. I'm sure that after this uh, Super Mario movie comes out, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come around a little bit more on him. I would love a Captain Toad Treasure Tracker 2. That would mm-hmm. be great if we could get that, Nintendo, please. But no, I, I can't say that I, uh, I have quite the burning hatred for Toad as I did in uh, in 2020. Fair enough, fair enough. Anything else you, you picked up from that episode? I mean, are you we, still uh... recording in the bathroom or have you upgraded at all? <laughs> I've upgraded, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as you can see, my audio sounds a lot more crisp. I have yep. a, an office to record in now, thank God. Mm. Uh, that helps a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, I think I think we've stepped up after after three years, so it's pretty pretty cool to see the the transition. If you want, go back and listen to that episode and then listen to this one. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to it the other way around. That, no, <laughs> you, you you want to see some improvements. So correct, correct. All right, well, let's introduce Luigi's Mansion, the game, and then we'll bring on our first callers. Mike, what do you think? Let's do it. All right. Luigi's Mansion was released on November 18th, 2001, developed by Nintendo EAD, published by Nintendo. It's also on 3DS. Rates an 8 out of 10. I guess, should I say it's on GameCube? Because we're not really doing the GameCube anymore. So Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. I guess so. Published by Nintendo. It's on GameCube and later ported to 3DS. Rates an 8 out of 10. Priced today at around $80 on GameCube. And the 3DS copy, Mike, is the same. $80 approximately. I can't believe that that's possible, that 3DS games are the same as GameCube. That's just wild to me that those prices are shooting up. Well, it's sold like nothing, so that's got to have something to do with it. But also it was interesting when we covered the game three years ago, Luigi's Mansion was around $65. So it's gone up uh, about $5 a year since we covered it. It's an action adventure. I would also classify this game, though, as a puzzle solver, goofy horror, and a fishing sim. Yeah, you did mention fishing sim a lot in the in the last in the last episode we did for this. Which I stand is by that. Stand by. Yeah, it. you're yeah. absolutely right. The 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 gameplay is fishing. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, you have to hook a you hook onto a ghost and you have to reel them in, and that's yep. uh, you do that over and over and over again. And of course, the game stars Luigi, who must explore this haunted mansion that he won in a contest that he didn't enter. He must <laughs> capture all the ghosts in uh, four of the main areas of the mansion, complete puzzles, you got to fight bosses, and work with a strange scientist named Professor E. Gad, and get to the bottom suka, of suka. the mystery around your missing brother Mario. Ah, E. Suka suka. <laughs> yeah, our uh, my impression of him was really bad last time. It so was I, terrible. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking because I literally just played the game like that think, day too. I, I think maybe you were playing a lot of Animal Crossing at the time because it sounded like you were doing like an Animal Crossing character. Yeah, I think my brain was getting mixed up there. But anyways, <laughs> Neil, uh, to bring on our first guest of the show, it's friend of the show Kira at Tooney Twirls on Instagram. And though this is her first time here on Unlocking What Was Cool, she's of course appeared many times before to talk about GameCube games such as Twilight Princess, Metal Gear Solid, uh, and Chibi-Robo, so we're thrilled to have her on to talk about Luigi today, and our first question to you, Kira, would be, what is the better weapon in your mind, the Flood or the Poltergust 3000? As cool as the Poltergust is, I think it is a bit more specific context-wise. I think um, Flood would be better. I think that would be a lot of fun to just mess around with. <laughs> that's that's a very good point, because yeah, I feel like, like Neil has mentioned, that the Poltergust seems to only be good for fishing or catching mm-hmm. ghosts mm. so yeah like like does it work as a vacuum that would be my first question because if it doesn't work as a vacuum i don't want it obviously because like owning a jetpack is awesome like mario being like 10 stories up using his flood as like a jetpack like i would love to commute living in toronto like being able to use that to get over all the crap that we have to deal with would like <laughs> just it would just that. take it would add so many years to my life just with all the stress that would, it would alleviate i would definitely prefer that over a vacuum that can uh, absorb candles and uh and and water uh and ghosts of course obviously so great great choice i love that it also seems to clean very good too so you know it, it gets off a lot of really tough to, to get off gunk and stains so mm-hmm. In defense of the poltergust, it does have the elemental ghost. So, like, I mean, I, I don't know why you'd want a, a, a flamethrower, though. I don't think that's a, a good thing to have around. <laughs> no, they said that loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I can't use a flamethrower in my daily activities and chores here no. and can't use it to get to work. But, uh, well, maybe if I got creative. But, uh, <laughs> but here, of course, we brought you on to talk about this amazing game, Luigi's Mansion. And uh, we didn't really know you before when three years ago when we did this episode and uh, well we didn't really know anyone in the in 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 the world of GameCube so we were thrilled to meet so many cool people by doing this podcast and you were of course one of them and you always seem to have Luigi's Mansion in your top five uh, along with things like Wind Waker so we really wanted to bring you on and ask you what uh, your first memories are of this game. I was really, really young when I first played this. I was I was thinking back, right, and my most vivid memory of when I first played this was just being absolutely terrified. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So um, a lot of it was just like, um, once I cleared a room sort of thing, I would just stand at the door trying to like build up the courage to just go back out into the corridor. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was expecting, but again, I was very little, so I suppose anything could have happened in my head. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You were tapping into Luigi's energy there because he was terrified too. So I guess playing it mm. as a kid, that's that's really... Uh, that's interesting because you're also a really big Resident Evil fan and I'm wondering if maybe this was kind of like the gateway drug into that because this does feel like a Resident Evil game you've got the mansion you've got ghosts you've got an entire like secret area under the mansion it really does feel a lot like RE1 and RE2 uh, just very much for kids so I can see how you kind of developed the love for survival horror with this game being one of your first games as a kid I love that 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I was I was just thinking how I mean, obviously, Resident Evil One came up before this, the sure. original, but like playing the remake quite recently ish, it was probably the closest I actually got to like re experiencing playing Luigi's Mansion for the first time because I I also found Resident <laughs> Evil so scary. Yeah. I mean, I find Resident Evil scary now, so <laughs> like this jumps. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always quite it always is quite tense. No matter how many times I replay these games, um, certain stuff just always gets me. Now, would you consider would you consider Luigi's Mansion a survival horror game? I mean, I, I suppose, but it is a very much survival horrors for babies. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it is like it does have the the basics of that sort of thing. So as weird as it is, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, because I was yeah. I was asking myself that while I was playing the game the other day. I was like, "Is this survival horror?" Because like, I mean, what are the elements of survival horror? Like, it's limited ammo and usually limited health, and you know, it's obviously got to have a, a ghosts and zombies in it. And this game checks a lot of those boxes. Like, I was at at points like I was close to dying because there aren't a lot of hearts. Like, I feel like I, there aren't like enough health packs or hearts in this game for me, and and things disappear quite quickly on the ground. Like when you're trying to collect coins, like there's that kind of anxiety of picking things up before they vanish. And at the same time, there's ghosts coming at you at every angle. So I, I would say that this does have some survival horror elements to it, um, but I still think it's a fishing sim. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever um, been able to try the PAL hidden mansion? Do you know about Ooh, that? No. no, I haven't been able to. That That's only that you have that. I don't think we have that. In North yeah, America. it's 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 a really really good mode, but it, it is absolutely brutal. So I was just thinking, like, if the, like the the normal game is hard, like, because I it took me like three attempts, I think, to actually get good at the hidden mansion, because like the whole mansion is mirrored, the the ghost okay. formations are totally mm -hmm. different. Like they'll throw different ghosts at you. They'll bring in harder ghosts much much earlier. That sort of thing. So the boss fights are different. Like there's like a lot of changes. So. Interesting. And and so do you, do you unlock the Hidden Mansion after you've beaten the full game? Is that what it is? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a little while, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you unlock it after being the normal mansion. Oh, interesting. And that was just for PAL region. Damn, I want that. I have no <laughs> idea. Like, they, they did put it in the 3DS remake in all regions, I believe. But right. the, the 3DS remake doesn't control as well. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Oh, maybe that's why it's more expensive as well, Neil, because you get like the, the complete package. Probably. Yeah, the 3DS version, I haven't played it. I, I kind of want to because they do make a lot of improvements like uh, like we're talking about, like with the uh, the extra mansion thrown in there. And they also I forget what some of the other improvements were. I know that I think actually they did improve the thing I talked about where I think hearts and coins stayed on the ground a little bit longer. Uh, they would have added gyro controls as well, like when you're trying to control the... Um, the scanning device and when you're actually trying to control the uh the vacuum itself i think it's a little bit easier this time around on the 3ds but i have a hard time thinking that the game looks as good on 3ds as it does on gamecube yeah what were your uh, early impressions of the game graphically when you uh when you played it for the first time it's difficult because i just mm. um you, you mean the gamecube original right yes, yes yeah yeah, yeah. It's, i just i didn't have anything to compare it to so it's hard to say because like i was like i was like a dumb kid so i was like oh it's, it's great it's just good on magic i don't even really think about that every game looks like this <laughs> yeah. yeah well what are your impressions now i guess i think it looks really good i, I think mm -hmm. it's held up really nicely i mean it was supposed to be like a tech demo sort of thing obviously it's more than that but that's sort of what it was partially intended as to show like what the gamecube was capable of Mm -hmm. So of course it's gonna look really good. So I, I mean, I wouldn't say the 3DS version objectively looks worse, but I do prefer the look of the original personally. Yeah, and I think a big thing with that, and and we talked about this a lot the last time we talked about this game was the shadows. Like that is mm -hmm. what the GameCube was able to do so well. 
And we unfortunately didn't get it in a lot of games uh, on the GameCube. We really just got it in the games that were part of a survival horror genre like Resident Evil or Eternal Darkness or for some of the, the few stealth games that we had, like Metal Gear, we talked about that a lot when we had you on, uh, about how that was a very similar game kind of to Luigi's Mansion in terms of the the shadow effects that they mm-hmm. really used to their full effect. And uh, Chaos Theory, as well as Splinter Cell, is one of the only other games I've ever played that had uh, like the similar kind of amazing shadows that Luigi's Mansion does. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like even today, I-, I prefer this, like this these shadows to... The new Luigi's Mansion on Switch. I don't know. There's something about how the GameCube was able to render it that really makes it. It's not the realism. It just I don't know. It gives you that that extra sense of fear and dread. Uh, it's it's hard to explain, Neil. Yeah, I I have a hard time putting my finger on it too. Like the new Luigi's Mansion, it takes place in a hotel. It's not even. I think they've lost the plot on what Luigi's Mansion means. <laughs> it's a mansion, but I get like irrationally annoyed when. A, a, a title of a series makes sense in the first game, but then it stops making sense after that point because they want to expand it. Yeah, what are some other examples? Like with Resident Evil, because like the first one, Evil Residents, it makes sense. Mm. But, after, but then you get to like Resident Evil 6 and you're running around a city and it's like exploding and it's like it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like Final Fantasy. We're on Final Fantasy 16 now or something like that. Like, it's the final one. <laughs> it's the last one, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, with Luigi's Mansion 3 on Switch, I get what Mike's saying. Like it doesn't have that creepiness to it like it doesn't have that mm-hmm. i think with with a horror game you kind of need that almost jank if you will i don't know how else to describe it but it almost helps when the game isn't too detailed it helps if there's a bit of frame rate dips if characters don't look quite right because creepy games look creepier when characters look off and the more realistic they look honestly the the newer game kind of i, I sort of uh assimilate it to the Illumination movies that Mike and I both talk about that we don't like, like the uh, Despicable mm-hmm. Me's and the Grinch and the Secret Life of Pets, where like everything just looks too clean, too polished. Um, I, I don't really love that style of animation, and I feel like that's where we're going with, uh, with, with as the Luigi's Mansion games progress, whereas when we go back to the GameCube game, the cobwebs all look so cool. Everything, like I said before, it all looks old. It all looks creaky and ancient. Like the house looks lived in. Nothing about the Luigi's Mansion sequels ever feel like, I, I don't feel like they're very well lived in. It doesn't feel haunted like it should. Um, and and then like like Mike talked about with the shadows, like I love the lightning effect, like how certain things light up in specific ways when the lightning strikes and the way candles burn in the room and the way even the glow of the ghosts light up the room as well, and that's how you kind of get clues as to how to uh, how to fight them. I, mm-hmm. I just love the environmental storytelling that this game pulls off, uh, being such an early GameCube game. It's a it's a huge success story actually. Uh, just when you think about the time and place that it uh, that it came out, but the mansion itself, we we talked a little bit before you came on, Kira. It's a bit small, unfortunately. This game is short. It's only four uh, four sections, only a couple boss fights with a bunch of mini boss fights in there. Do you have a specific area or uh, enemy in the game that stands out to you i mean it's difficult because i love all the portrait goes so much they're easily like the best thing well not easily the best thing uh, that those and just the general creepy atmosphere mm-hmm. are my favorite things um i would say my favorite ghost just because of the memory was um the little girl called soupy because if you don't know she's really well hidden in the mansion and you have to um and she's optional as well so you have to get a specific key from a hidden area to get to her so I remember for years, this ghost just evaded me. I couldn't figure out what the last portrait ghost was. So when I eventually found it, I was like, I was over the moon. I was so so proud of myself. 
That's awesome. That's a really good one to 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 say as, as one of your favorite moments because there are a lot of these kind of cool, almost um, almost hidden moments, especially for a kid playing this game. I remember playing it and and really wanting to complete it, and it it pushes you to that completionism uh, that a few uh, Nintendo games I can say do. So that's that's a a huge boon for me as well. And and you talked obviously about how you you played this as a kid at first when you were very young, but what made you want to go back to play it uh, when you got older? I, th- I think there was just like a, f- a phase when I was like 10 or so when I, I just I was just really obsessed with Mario in particular mm-hmm. and then like so I start I, w- I went back to the game then and then I just and then it stuck with me and I go back to it like pretty much every Halloween since then <laughs> so that's it's like I just I played it like last Halloween on stream so I streamed the game for the first time oh, and that nice. was really fun as well as part of that tradition and have you ever tried to go back in like 100 percent it like go back and collect all the booze and everything like see every room and whatnot or do, do you just kind of mainline the story i like to i mean i i do all that sort of content i get all the booze like i explore all the rooms but i've never technically 100 percent in it because i've never gotten all the gold frames mm. which is like when um you you capture i think it's like you capture the ghost without like letting it escape at all yeah there's like there's there's two boss fights which i haven't been able to gold frame yet but i'm aiming to do that um this year this so halloween I can finally say that I've 100- yes this <laughs> halloween so i can finally say that i've 100 officially that's a great little tradition too yeah uh, like doing it on halloween and i i i kind of hate that this game came just after halloween <laughs> and mm, that's gonna be and same with uh dark moon that got released uh this time 10 years ago actually uh, on March 2013. So I'm like, come on, Luigi's Mansion, it's got to be a Halloween game. It's it's such a perfect Halloween game. So I love that you you do that and that you uh, you stream it for it. Yeah, I've added Resident Evil games to that list as well, but Luigi's Mansion, best Halloween game. Oh, of course. That's <laughs> awesome. And you you talked about the 3DS version as well. Have you have you also gone back and played the sequels as well, Dark Moon and uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, or just the first one? Um, I've, I've finished Dark Moon. Um it's it was very much the same thing as what you were saying before where like it's it's like it's a good game mm-hmm. but um it doesn't have that sort of creepy atmosphere um it, and that, that that has that like polished look and then obviously luigi's mansion 3 mm-hmm. um i had that when i still owned a switch um but i just i didn't get into that one yeah. i didn't like um the guiji thing and like swapping between the characters i just thought that was a bit silly yeah. so i never really played much of that one yeah yeah, it got old after uh, after a little bit for sure. Uh, it, it it didn't have the same charm. It still was a good game. I'm like I'm I'm really I'm really happy that they're trying to keep the franchise alive in that sense. You know, uh, even though they they spent twelve years letting Luigi languish <laughs> after uh. Uh, Luigi's Mansion, which was always didn't make any sense to me. I don't know why they didn't uh, do any kind of sequel in between that, especially for the Wii. Like that that seems like the console for Luigi's Mansion to be on. Like, like mm-hmm. having motion controls with your poltergeist. Uh, like looking back now, I don't, I don't think I would actually want that. Like, but but it makes sense. It makes sense exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. So I, I'm I was always really surprised that that Luigi's Mansion just got kind of got pushed out for so long, and then didn't even get a console release, got a 3DS release instead. So. And the the sales are great. Like the sales are better than Pikmin and Metroid combined. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. It's it's always too bad. But um, one thing I wanted to talk with you about, Kira, is Neil and I talked about this last time. Was the dust effects in this game, which are really really cool. And uh, Neil, you you really mentioned it when we were talking about it. How there's dust around the feet of all the characters, and this was like the first time you had ever seen this in a game. And then we also talked about in Wind Waker how there's always the dust at the feet of these characters. Is this something that you've noticed as well, Kira, in these games? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just like the little details like that. Yeah. It's a cute little animation thing that like they don't have to do. I just, I wanted to highlight, I don't know why I wanted to highlight it at the time. It was just something that I I noticed. Like I love the one in Wind Waker, like the little swirls of dust around the character's feet. And they, <laughs> they do it in the other Zelda games too. And now Pokemon and, and then this one. Uh, I just like Luigi's character animation overall in this game. I think it's awesome. I love how like he never really runs perfectly smoothly he like his knees are really tight and he looks like his shoulders are squeezed together because he's just terrified he like like kira said like he doesn't want to move forward into this mansion (laughs) but i mean you're controlling him too so uh at the same time though like the game has aged beautifully like it's still super easy to control uh the button layout makes sense the flashlight's fairly easy to uh to aim at ghosts sometimes the camera doesn't quite work the way i want it to I guess I should ask both of you guys. We'll start with uh, with you, Mike. Do you play this game in standard or the sidestep controls? What are the because there's the two contr- <laughs> there's two control schemes in the standard. game. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll switch over to Kira first. I guess just yeah, yeah just standard yeah. controls. Uh, yeah, I tried to switch over to sidestep and instantly started to just get my my ass handed to me. Uh, what about you, you Kira? Do you have does the UK version have different control schemes or it's just in the main menu you can flip over? Yeah, it has the two, but I've never like. I've never really got sidestep. I don't understand like why. So I was, I, was, I just go standard. <laughs> I think it's more tank controly. If you go to sidestep, I think it's mm. a bit more in tune with like what Resident Evil was at the time. Okay, I, I might try it again then because I, I think I tried it once like ages ago. I was like, oh, I don't like this, but yes. I'll, I'll give it another shot. That's a little too different. Exactly. It's like it's just <laughs> a little too different where you're like, nope, and then you instantly. Luckily, it's <laughs> it's really user friendly that you can quickly swap back and forth. It's not like. I really don't like today's way that you kind of have to change controls because you have to change like camera control on the X axis, camera control on the Y axis, like, and then it's movement on the X and Y. Like you have to like change everything around to button map. I kind of like it when they're like, no, play is this or this. And that's it. Uh, it's just nice to have <laughs> those pre preset controls. I'm an inverted guy myself, but uh, this game, you don't have to control the camera at all. So it's, it's an non-issue. Yeah. You're insane. Yeah. Doing I know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I I just do the standard controls because that's that's how Nintendo wanted me to play it, and uh, that's how eleven year old me played it. So, uh, <laughs> but speaking of that, is there anything you want to change about Luigi's Mansion, Kira? I, I know it is a great game, and there's so much great things to say about it. But are there any cons at all that you can think about? Honestly, no. Um, this is like one of three games I've awarded like a ten out of ten. So like, it's it's truly is just near perfect for me personally. I know you guys probably have some some cons yourselves, but that's 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 what I think. This is honest. I was thinking of this actually for a while. I was thinking in the shower this morning. I was like, what's wrong with Luigi's Mansion? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the length. That is the only thing I could possibly think of is length. I just wish there was more. Uh, I don't think anything is wrong with the game. It, amazingly, there's I've never had any kind of glitches or technical issues while playing this game, and I played it a lot. Uh, it, it it it's always controlled beautifully for me. I, I loved every stage. Uh, yeah, I just wish there was more of it. That's really all I can say. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's like I think it's because it has so much repeat value to me. Like again, I played it like every year for like a little a, a while now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I could definitely just return to it. So I don't mind the length, but I, I get why it, it would be an issue for other people, totally. Yeah, I just, just want more. I just yeah. really like it. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Especially when you compare it to all the other Mario games. I know this isn't a Mario game, but it, it kind of had to It had to be compared to one. Um, and like all the other Mario games before this, like you pick up Mario World or Mario 64, those games could be, had tons of replayability. Like you could go back and collect all the stars 
all the Yoshi coins. You can go back and play, like, I guess, just all those different collectibles that you could go do. You can play the game differently, like, without power-ups. You can speed run it. And with Luigi's Mansion, you, you could speed run it, I suppose. That would probably be one way to make it harder on yourself. For me, the only things I could think of, I already mentioned them, is uh, I would love more time to pick up some of the items. Like, I felt like the money and the hearts that fall on the ground disappear a little too quickly. Uh, I'm sure that had something to do with the GameCube's power, not being able to keep too many things on screen at once, so they had to fade it out quickly. And then just occasionally, I felt sometimes that the camera was a little tough. It was a little tough to understand where to go or where to stand or where to move, mostly in boss fights uh, when the camera zoomed out and would be at weird angles, especially the final boss in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at moments, I was finding it hard to tell how deep I was in the uh, in the background, I suppose, and like where the fireballs were coming at me or whatever, but... I feel like that's just going to be an issue with all games that are old and even current. The camera is just forever going to be the uh, the nemesis of the uh, of the gamer, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is a this we've we've talked about this game before, so we are going to spoil this game. So if you haven't played this game before, I'm not sure why you're listening, but you know, sure, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate the listen. But we are going to spoil it for you. Uh, the last boss is, of course, King Boo. He makes his first appearance ever in the Mario world, and uh, you think it's Bowser at first. He's in Bowser's armor. Do you remember that scene, Kira? Do you remember that vividly? I think it was my dad who first got to the final boss. I I don't think I was that good for like a little while. Sure. So I I, I remember um I I remember finding it absolutely hysterical when um Bowser's head because obviously you knock his head off to um get King Boo out of there. But um sometimes when Bowser's head goes back on, it'll be backwards and he'll like run around. I thought that was like really funny. <laughs> but now now when I actually fight the boss myself, that's really stressful because like, I hate when he like runs around everywhere and tries to knock you down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then King Boo, like when he finally comes out of Bowser, the heart count, most ghosts when you fight them, they're maybe fifty to hundred at most, and Boo comes out and he's five hundred. And you're like, oh man, this boss fight's gonna take me some time. Um, <laughs> it's it's not too bad actually. It goes down yeah. quite quickly, but at first it's like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that initial shock, totally. which I really like. It, it makes it. It's it's again it's such a unique way to finish this game off. Uh, it's it's such a fun boss battle, and of course after you're done. Which I didn't know, Neil. I didn't realize that your house that, that you end up getting, uh, it, the size changes depends, depending on how much money you got in the game. Did yeah. you know that, Kira? I, I'm sure you do because you play this multiple oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> because um, in, in the PAL version, it's harder to get the highest ranked mansion because you have to play through the hidden mansion, which, as I mentioned before, was absolutely oh. brutal. That's the only way you can get enough money to get the top mansion. So I, I only did it for like the first time last year during stream so that was that, that was that was a really good feeling because okay. i had been working at that for years but that <laughs> <in> mansion. <laughs> that's awesome it is a cool little thing though they added to the end of the game like you get this new house and you're collecting money throughout the entire game and it's not really explained why you're collecting all this all these gems and bills and coins and, and whatnot until the very end like like there's no shop in this game to like level up your poltergust or to get more health you always have the same heart throughout the entire game and, and Mike said when uh, when we talked about the game three years ago he thought like he just got the small house that's how everyone saw the end of the game not <laughs> yeah. knowing that like he was just really not playing the game well <laughs> so that's really yeah, funny I beat it alright <laughs> it's a cool thing it's almost like they took some inspiration from like Metroid how depending on the percentage of how you finish the game is uh, will dictate how your how your game ends it's very much like a Metroid way of ending the game which is which is mm-hmm. cool 
An interesting challenge, which I might attempt at some point, is to go for the very, very lowest mansion because that's actually like more difficult than um, the highest mansion I've heard because you've actively got to go out of your way to avoid picking up money. Oh. So I might, I might try that. That sounds interesting. Nice. <laughs> you have to go back in time to 11-year-old Mike and you might be able to get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that would actually be really, really hard to do. Like now that I think about it, because yeah, the you kind of have to pick up the money. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's obviously times where you can uh, find more money in chests and and stuff too. So you just wouldn't open up any chests. You wouldn't have to, or you wouldn't try and find secrets and stuff. You basically just, it's basically speed running the game, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, and that, and as well, avoid the pills that the ghosts drop as you're sucking them up because they'll drop little treasures. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you have to avoid those. The, I think yeah, I think the only thing you have to pick up is King Boo's crown at the end. But apart from that, you just have to like avoid stuff. Yeah, and that, that that's hard too because it's actually super satisfying to vacuum up bills for some reason. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like I would take a game, like a, a, a video game where all you do is vacuum money. There's just something about seeing money get sucked up into a tube that's really satisfying to watch. It's like one of those, you know how people watch like YouTube videos of people like deep cleaning things? It, it's like that <laughs> for me. That's like one of those just, I don't know, fetishes. I don't know what you call it. But anyway. <laughs> it, it's funny that like, uh, I, just, I just thought of this now. But yeah, the bills. Like, is this the first time that Nintendo ever showed bills instead of coins in a in a game? Potentially. Maybe. I'm not sure. I really thought about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like the coins obviously are the iconic thing from the Mario worlds uh, and all those games, but he never has bills anywhere. <laughs> I feel like in a war, it must have showed up in a Wario game at some point. It would probably yeah, be the one. Probably. Oh, yeah, probably. But, yeah. But didn't most of the Wario games come out after this, sort of? So. Well, the Game Boy, there was the Game Boy ones, which, like, yeah. Wario Land and whatnot, the, but the, the 3D. Bill is just, and... like, a pixel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, there was, yeah. <laughs> so maybe, I forgot, I forgot about the Game Boy ones, yeah, yeah potentially in those. Those are some good games right there, man. You got to go back yeah. and play those. Those are fun. <laughs> I, I will eventually. I will eventually. <laughs> but definitely add Mario World, which did come out after Luigi's Mansion. So I can mm-hmm. I can probably say that this is the first time on a console that Nintendo has shown, uh, on a home console that Nintendo has shown bills uh, before. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. But for you, Kira, what's the most iconic thing about Luigi's Mansion uh, that you find that you don't find in any other game? Just the amount of... it's. It's so weird and charming, I suppose. And it's like, um, mm. just like the, the fact that I don't think Nintendo would ever make a game quite like this ever again, because it's, it's surprisingly dark for like a Mario game. You know what I mean? Like some of like, um, yeah. just some of like the, the bios for the different ghosts and that sort of thing. So I think that's quite a broad answer, but that's, <laughs> that's what I've got. No, that's like, that's a great answer because you're a hundred percent right. Nintendo would never make a game like this again especially as a launch uh title for a new console this was so risky this is so different this was clearly a take on resident evil and the survival horror genre and nintendo's take on on that and and, uh, i think they they killed it for sure but they they really let the devs kind of do whatever they want on here you're right the bios for the ghost are often pretty uh macabre and pretty sad mm-hmm. too like there's a lot of uh story in here there's a lot of lore going on like there's a lot the game really is is how, what you make of it and it's it's a very advanced and mature game uh for its time and even for now too like if i was eight years old playing this today i would be so scared it's a scary mm-hmm. game i was like three <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I didn't think I played a lot of it at that age, but that's when I was like introduced to it. I think so. It was like, whoa. Oh, your dad's like, well, I like Resident Evil. I better start. 
<laughs> that was probably it. <laughs> I think every kid needs to be introduced to horror at a, at too young of an age. I think that just helps you with, uh, with yeah. development to no to no end. But I was going to say too that what this game nails that some Nintendo games don't, unfortunately, is just making the environment a character as well. Like in when you talk, especially about horror games, when you talk about different horror and movies too but like the mansion in resident evil the ship in dead space um like the world in the last of us like the even like things like the death star in star wars or the millennium falcon or hogwarts castle like these places are characters like you want to go back and you want to like explore everything you know luigi's mansion to see it because you just it's so iconic and this game nails that perfectly and like i don't know what the what the hotel from luigi's mansion 3 looks like i don't remember (laughs) what any of the houses and mansions look like in luigi's mansion 2 this game nails that sense of just environmental storytelling and just making the mansion its own character so perfectly that uh i would love to see nintendo do that again i i don't know if they can what i really want i was thinking about this today this is my last thought on the game i think (laughs) and that and but what I would really love is to have them make a game, just call it The Mansion, and it just tells vignettes and, like, old stories about how each ghost died. It would be incredibly mm. dark, but I want Silicon Knights to do it. They're the guys that made Internal Darkness. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. I want to know, like, how the butler died, how the maid died, how, like, the musician died, and the even the baby. I want to know how that baby died. <laughs> <laughs> I think they said it was... Born as a ghost, which has a pretty dark implication, but yeah. Ooh, yes. Interesting. Yeah. See? See, like, like, make a game of that. Like, there's a hundred ghosts here. I want to go back to each era. I want to see Toadsworth in the mansion. I want to see everybody in that mansion. See what happened. Toadsworth is definitely dead, so he's a ghost, so that makes sense. That's right. He's definitely <laughs> in that. I will, oh, Toadsworth man in that mansion. Well, I wonder what he did, but uh, yeah, I would, I would love to know, like, the backstory of some of these characters and, like, see the mansion when it wasn't creepy and whatnot. I think that'd be so cool. I would love that. I mean, just like, I, I love the mansion so much. I spent so much time growing up just just exploring that mansion. I have like the whole layout memorized. Well, mansions so, yeah. are cool. It's yeah. like, like Neil said, it's a character in its own for sure. And that's that's a great uh, game development right there. And that's just great des- game design too. So, And just fiction in general. Yeah, yeah, honestly. just, just, mm. just yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's Luigi's Mansion, obviously a great game. We're going to be continuing to talk more about it. But for now... Uh, Kira, why don't you give us your uh, social media, your links, whatever, and plug yourself. Uh, this is your time. Yeah, I, I love um, posting on Instagram. So I like talking about all sorts of games that I'm playing on my main account, Toonie Twills, probably like GameCube games, um, Zelda, Mario, Resident Evil, all my favorite things. I also have a Zelda-themed account called Tales of the Great Sea. So yeah. Very nice, very nice. And what are you playing right now? I just finished up um, Resident Evil Mercenaries 3D, short, but I really enjoyed that game. And I'm playing Yoshi's Island DS at the minute, which is, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Yoshi's Island DS. I don't think I've played that one. I, I've played, I played the SNES one. I'm a big fan of Yoshi's Island, but I think I've only played the SNES one and the Wii U and the Switch one. I never played the handheld ones. So I heard the SNES one was like uh, a lot better than the sequel on the DS. I'm not sure about um, Yoshi's New Island on the 3DS. Mm, right, right. Yeah, I, I think I think, I think, think both the DS and the 3DS ones were critically not well received. I think they look fine. Like the, I always mm. love the art style of Yoshi's Island, but for me, it's all about those Wooly Yoshi games. I love <laughs> Wooly World. I've 100%ed both uh, Crafted and Wooly World. Those games are 
I don't know why I like them so much. I just do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm just checking out your Instagram account right now, and I think I th- you're at about 1,700 followers from the looks of it. I think we can get you, or you should try and hit the goal of getting to 2,000 before the end of the year. I think that's totally <laughs> okay. doable. Let's let's I'll check that. I, I don't like setting goals like that because like that I just feel like uh, but I I think I want to say it's achievable. I want to say it's achievable. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> achievable. Yeah. We, we listeners out there, if you're listening to the show, please go out and follow Toonie Twirls on Instagram. Let's get her up to 2,000 followers before the end of the year. Yay! Yeah, yes, we'll, please. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help you out. Uh, hey, we, when we started this podcast and Luigi's Mansion, I, I had the the stretch goal of hitting uh, 100,000 uh, downloads uh, by the end of doing the GameCube uh, library. And we somehow made it because I thought that was laughable at the time. So you never know what can happen. But uh, Kira, it's been amazing having you on today. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Luigi's Mansion before we let you go? Just really briefly, I do want to bring up how this was like the first game that sort of established Luigi as a character, which I think is really interesting because he was shown as like the more cowardly brother in the cartoons, but those weren't official. So mm-hmm. I just think it's really interesting that they made Luigi this sort of lovable scaredy cat character. And it just <laughs> and from what I can tell, it just seems sort of natural, like no one really questioned it. So yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. That's actually a great point, the characterization of Luigi, because yeah, you're right. He was just really in games at least in, in mainstream uh, stuff. He was just Mario's brother. You know, he just was mm-hmm. tagging along. But but now when you think about it, at least for me, Luigi has a lot more characterization than Mario does. Yep. I mean, yeah, for sure. Just evident uh, I, by Chris Pratt playing him like that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. No, I, yeah. I love Luigi so much. I mean, out of like all the characters who've explored big spooky houses in GameCube games, he's like number two, so. <laughs> he's a solid number two next to next to Jill Valentine, I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> I promise. Those are the two. <laughs> Well, it's been great having you on, Kira. Thanks for all your knowledge, all your memories, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on real soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. (laughs) Take care. Bye. What a nice young lady. What a nice young lady. Thank you so much, Kira, at Toonie Twirls for coming on once again, talking about Luigi's Mansion. I know she was really excited to come on and and, and talk about her memories of playing uh, Luigi. And of course, I want to talk a little bit about Resident Evil with her and and how that all ties into her, her, her I guess, love of Resident Evil really definitely stems from Luigi's Mansion, of course, and playing that when she was so young. Oh my God, I was scared <laughs> playing that. When I was a kid, I can't even imagine. But uh, yeah, just uh, great stories, great memories, great facts too. The Pal Hidden Mansion. Did you know about this at all, Neil? I had heard about certain differences between the Pal and the North American version. I think that there's also a few subtle differences as well if you play the Japan version. Um, so yeah, it was neat to hear her experience of playing it though. I really wish that we had something like that here. Maybe we, maybe we do. We should look into the post-game-ness of, uh, Luigi's Mansion, uh, as we bring on our next caller, but it's really fun to, uh, to talk to people who played, uh, played Luigi's Mansion as, at such a young age. I think Kira said she was three when she played mm-hmm. it, which is crazy. Like, I, I love the fact that, like, I have memories of playing games too that freaked me the hell out back in the day on SNES, of all things. Yeah. Um, so it's uh it's cool to think that people have those same memories with GameCube games and I can totally see how Luigi's Mansion would scare scare a kid. The ghosts are they're goofy, but they're they're spooky enough to uh to be scary for a kid. Luigi is kind of weird looking as well. He's got that giant nose, the white the white eyes and everything and it's it's got the music is is super yeah, oh atmospheric God. as well. So all around, like, is this is this really an E-rated game? I don't know, maybe not. It's a, but... it's an E10. I think it's an E10. Like, if maybe. that existed back then, and 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 I think the goofiness is actually what makes it even creepier. 
right? Like for me, definitely. Cause like Resident Evil is, it's, it's, you know what it is. It's creepy. You're going into it. Like, you know what just happened. Bunch of people just got killed. Like whatever. This is like this like weird, goofy, like you're, you're kind of lulled into some sense of security thinking that it's Nintendo thinking that's that it's Luigi. Uh, but then it turns out that no, it's like, kind of freaky the the environments are freaky the 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 music we talked about that and we're going to talk about that with Ramon you know the humming that Luigi actually is doing a lot of uh his own music really in this game which kind of freaks me out but uh yeah it's it's a classic game and we have more to more to cover more to talk about with it with our next caller Neil we do. I'm excited to bring on one more caller of the day. It's not Zaffer this time around. Listeners, if you want to hear our friend Zaffer talk about Luigi's Mansion, you can go back and hear us awkwardly introduce him uh, in our second episode <laughs> of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. But Mike, why don't you professionally introduce the next caller onto our show? All right. Professionally, it is enemy of the pod, Ramon. Great lineup today. Kira, then Ramon coming on to talk about Luigi's Mansion and our first question to you, Ramon, would be, what is the better weapon? Is it the Flood or is it the Poltergeist 3000? I gotta go with the Poltergeist 3000. Poltergeist? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. Polter- Poltergeist 3000. Just because, you know, it's not just the weapon. It's also a vacuum cleaner. Yes. It's like a new model of Dyson that just cleans everything else up. The other one just makes a mess. It's so true. Yeah, it's there's so many good functions to it. Uh, the flood does clean gunk off of statues and things in specifically Delfino uh, Plaza and uh, and areas around it, it seems like. Uh, but you're right. The poltergeist could definitely clean things and make you money. That's right, too. Oh, yep, yeah, exactly. And the flood really that's that's to me, that's more industrial, you know, like if there's an oil spill, you know, and BP's got to find something. This is a bit more, you know, on the Dyson level, something I can take home. Yeah, BP uh, really could have used the flood back uh, on when uh, the Exxon Valdez happened. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a good answer, Ramon. I don't know if water is actually an effective method of cleaning oil. Doesn't that just spread it around? I thought you needed like <laughs> sand and cat litter and fire. I think is Dawn soap. Blaze it, man. No offense, Neil. He's a plumber. I trust his mm, judgment more than that's yours. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he did go to trade school. And Neil actually went to trade school for for a hot second. For plumbing. Too, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, one year of plumbing. Uh, yeah, Sheridan College here in the beautiful Toronto area. Yeah, I do have one year of that under my belt. Did not help me in life at all, but it was a fun year. I'll give it that. You wanted to get as close to Mario <laughs> as you possibly could that year. That's correct. I was tapping into my Mario, uh, my, Mar- my Mario vibes that year. It's definitely... Ooh, he's a <laughs> I'm doing better than Chris Pratt ever could. Oh my God, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't worry, we'll get into it later in the show, I'm sure. But Ramon, we brought you on, of course, to talk about one of our favorite games, Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. And our first question, or I guess our second question now is, uh, what are your first memories of playing this game? Oh, classic, always. McDonald's, you know, it's one of those mm. games that came out. They're trying to really push for Luigi and all like the side characters of Nintendo. But overall, I think it was my second or th- no, probably my third game after Sunshine and Me- Melee. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe this could be someone else, but uh, I, I'm sure you have this story for a, one of the games that you got at the very beginning. Was this the game that you got because you didn't have a memory card when you first got your GameCube? Uh <laughs> Was this the game that you had to keep replaying the same levels over and over again, or was that Sunshine? No, that was Sunshine. Actually, okay. this one mm. is the game that I stopped playing for a long time mm. because it was too scary at one point. 
That's fair. How old were you when the game came out? Are you your yeah, age, right? Yeah. You're nine, eight or nine when the game came yeah, out? Yeah, but I only got my GameCube probably like a year or two after, so it was way beyond uh, the, the release date. So, no, I, I, I shouldn't have been scared. So, thank you for pointing that out, Neil. <laughs> That's probably past the point when you should be scared of uh, pink and green ghosts. It's Casper, scary. Like... <laughs> yeah, the rumble features, man. It was too scary. Mm, yeah. True. <laughs> Luigi looked pretty damn terrified, too. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Luigi was terrified, and that's actually a really good point, Ramon, is the Rumble features. Of course, this was a launch title for the GameCube. Uh, N64 owners, not everyone had a Rumble pack. And also, Rumble packs on N64 really just went... <laughs> and <laughs> didn't have any kind of control over it. But the, the rumbling in um, in Luigi's Mansion is pretty, pretty well done. Like, of course... We talked a little bit with Kira earlier about how this was very much a tech demo, and I think that's probably one of the things that they were demoing was the rumble uh, for those those controllers. Oh yeah, definitely. Like every time you can see, um, every time like a ghost pops up, right? You never know where it's coming, and you know that's a good indication of like I guess the the rumble feature kind of you know leading the tech and also the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. The way that the game uh, uses rumble music, lighting, um, even your Game Boy of Horror indicates that ghosts are in the room with you. It's really cool. All the things that kind of tell you what to do without being super handholdy. I know that a lot of Nintendo games have the uh, tendency to be a little bit too, uh, I guess, chatty and whatnot. Like we have EGAD pop in every now and then, but other than him, uh, every time you catch a boo, there really isn't much to tell you what to do aside from what the environment tells you. And you're right, the Rumble is really cool. This game is a really good tech demo all around for GameCube's graphics that we talked a lot about with Kira, with like the Rumble that we're talking about now. But also, I didn't know this until very recently, is that the game also utilized the GameCube's adaptive triggers. Um, as we know, we talked a lot about on the GameCube was cool, how you could press down the triggers in certain games, either really hard or really softly, and the game would play differently, depending on how hard you press down the triggers. Luigi's Mansion was one of the games that did that. You could press the... You could press the uh, L or R button down real hard to uh, suck or blow. And depending on how hard you push it down, that determines how hard your vacuum will work. And I honestly just push mm. down the button all the way every time. I had no idea that yeah. you could suck up a little bit because I wanted to suck those ghosts up real quick. I don't know why you would need to only use just a little bit um, almost ever. So I guess maybe it's a little bit more um, a little bit more accurate. Um, but still really cool for its time. Uh, like like even with the N64 comparing the uh, the rumble pack just being straight rumble every single time same thing with the triggers it was either on or off with the gamecube you had that dynamic trigger effect which is really cool that is really cool did you ever experience this ramon or did you also just did the same full press down oh no i am definitely the person who did the small little tappy taps because sometimes with the money it would like it was like the loose like paper and a go everywhere and like i'd like to collect the dust and the spider webs in the game which i think was the unlockable i don't know if it was in my head it was but i could just be wrong but you were just cleaning the mansion you weren't actually ever finding ghosts yeah yeah it's luigi's mansion and it's his data clean so that's not really his own it's a maid simulator right yeah it's a modeling maid simulator yes exactly luigi's housekeeping see damn it i got the toilets again damn it i got king boo <laughs> i gotta suck him up oh man yeah, I definitely spent some time exploring that function just because you can in- surprisingly interact with like curtains yeah. and like wardrobes and fabrics and the money like it and the jars and the it, yeah, it was it was pretty rad for you know, looking at this game for what it is. This is a 2001 game, you know, like we really have to kind of put that into context. This is a, a 2001 mm-hmm. 
uh, game that's coming out for a new system and its uh, ability to do all these different things. Like, that's a great point, Ramon. The environment, the interaction with the environment is something that's really, really cool. You play Luigi's Mansion 3 today, like the newer one, and, and that, that charm really isn't there anymore. But when you play it, uh, on the old console and playing it on the GameCube, it's it's so cool. I love yeah, like hitting all the jars with my um with my poltergust, like yeah, taking the curtains out, uh, and the cobwebs, everything. The entire room really does everything moves if mm-hmm. you're using the poltergust on it. And you know that's a lot of dev work. That's a lot of uh, uh you know a lot of work to just create this environment and make it feel lived in, make it feel real. Uh, so different from games of the previous generation. So such a huge leg up, and it's it's hard to to see this in in this kind of light today. You know, twenty two years later, mm-hmm. but it it was a pretty spectacular game when it came out in that sense. Even being able to like suck posters off the wall and open curtains was really fun. Yes. Like you're right, it really made you. Even though you didn't have to, it's almost like in Ocarina of Time. Even though you didn't have to break every pot, you did. <laughs> even in Luigi's Mansion, even though you don't have to literally target your vacuum at every single thing you did anyway just to see what would happen because sometimes neat things would happen think doors would open or wheels would turn or you know a ghost would appear like it was really just a surprise of what would what would happen next and you're totally right mike i feel like that is definitely missing from from the newest game but uh we're not here to talk about the new game which is which is good maybe in maybe in 20 years we'll look back on luigi's mansion 3 more fondly but we'll have to wait and see but ramon you, you said you played this game for the first time in a mcdonald's which is the way a lot of uh people our age experienced games for the mm-hmm. first time waiting for our happy meals those classic kiosks that either housed an n64 a gamecube so you eventually brought it home and you played it and you said you played it only half the way through did you eventually man up and, uh, and beat the game uh yeah probably like a year later i can tell you exactly where i dropped it i think it's in the second or third wherever essentially when you go into the rooftop and all the lights turn off oh okay that was too scary for me. And it told you, like, you got to go to the basement. I'm like, I'm not going to the basement. <laughs> I've watched enough horror movies to not know I'm not going to the basement. So I just left it alone until, like, you know, it was daytime. And <laughs> I started playing it again. <laughs> Wait until summertime. That's a lot more than halfway. You got to give yourself a little bit more credit. I think that's more like 80. I'll give you more like an 80% of a way there. Once the lights go out and you're up on the rooftop, you're, you're almost there. Oh, thanks, Neil. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you went pretty far. That's, yeah, because, yeah, the lights going out is really scary. I think, like, for me... There's two things that make this game actually quite scary, even looking back and playing it again this week. Trying to play it with the lights off, too. Uh, I was trying to get the full experience um, of me as an eight-year-old playing this game. (laughs) Two things that are really scary, (laughs) Luigi and the noises he makes. There's something about his, like his little reactions to things and, and and all like he's constantly making noise whether he's humming whether he's like uh, like you know just doing these little like sounds or if he sees ghosts or are doing full-out screams when he's running I, I don't think I've ever played a game mm-hmm. before that or even maybe since where the 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 playable character was uh, was like doing all these little grunts and stuff that uh, kind of emulated what you were feeling as a kid which was uh, mm-hmm. really cool and and my second one would be the door opening animations. Oh, good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, when it zooms in on his like really shaky hand, if you have a key or if you're just opening a doorknob, it's obviously a hidden load screen. And you can actually skip through them with oh. the key. I didn't realize you could do that until I tried it. It's only when you have a key and you're opening it. You can press A pretty early on and it will just skip through 
most of the animation. But it is something that's really cool because up until this point, we had Resident Evil games, which are iconic with their door opening load screens. But that they're not really very good. Like it's just an image a door. of yeah. a of a door opening. Like you don't see Claire, or Leon, or any of the guys, any of the guys or gals in that game walking through it. You don't see zombies on the other side. But at least in this in this game, you can see Luigi's hand. I was kind of thinking late in the game, it would be kind of cool if maybe he was a little bit dirty or something like the game starts off his his gloves are very white his sleeves are all nice and quaffed and end of the game it's it's still the same it would be kind of cool if almost like in an arkham game how when you get to the end batman's suit is all chipped and ripped and stuff it'd be cool if uh, luigi's mansion did the same thing but just blood all over him just <laughs> just blood stains and cuts and missing a finger maybe in there or something yeah, true. there would be a lot of ectoplasm all over like they gotta be a little realistic there he definitely got some ghost gunk on him while sucking all these guys up oh absolutely <laughs> What do you think that mansion smelled like? <laughs> oh, and uh, of course, there there are there is a cast of characters in here. There are uh, all the ghosts who all have really cool backstories. Um, is there any ghost in particular, any boss that you really found super interesting, Ramon, or remember really well? Um, so besides the one guy where you have to like find him, I think he was like in the closet room or something when the lights turn off. I couldn't find him for you know days, but. I think I was more shocked that like there's dead kids in here. Mm. There's there's implied dead kids in a Nintendo game and they're there to haunt you. Literally babies. I want to know the backstory of everybody like and I know that it's like it's a fake mansion, you know, the the booze just made it so it's not technically real, but it still implies a very dark past towards this uh this mansion and you're, you're totally right. Like old people, the butler, there's a dog, there's a dead dog in the game and it's really really clever though how they incorporated the ghosts into puzzles too like it almost reminds me of a game that i love and mike loves too shadow of the colossus where it's all just boss fights but the boss fights are also Mm. puzzles it's the same thing where the ghosts are kind of in this endless loop which is kind of how you imagine real ghosts being in this endless loop of what they were doing while they were alive like a ghost lifting weights or a ghost playing pool and you need to somehow use the environment or your flashlight or your poltergust to break that cycle of whatever it is that they're doing to expose their weakness. It's such a clever, unique idea that just way ahead of its time for, for 2001, like Mike said, the games came out 20 years ago now. Even playing it today, it's like, I was stuck, like, straight up. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing right now. Um, but you just you just suck on enough, you suck on enough things and you find out what you need to do. <laughs> just crawl around in the dark and suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite rooms or favorite areas in this game, uh, you know, obviously, I, I really like all the bosses, I would say. But um, uh, one of my favorite areas is the the clockwork room, I think it's called. It's near the end of the game. And it's where there's all the like nutcrackers who are like the nutcracker ghosts. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Really well designed area, very colorful, very different from the rest of the house in that sense. It's it's like a creepy toy room, Neil. Yeah, you remember this this one? Okay. Um, and it, yeah. it looks like a like a nursery almost. Uh, that I I really like that room. Uh, I love the ghosts in it. There's they're quite hard also because you've gotten you know to the end of the game. At least when I was a kid, I remember them being really hard. But you, I think you access it from the roof if I remember correctly. Yeah, this is the late game when you're up in the attic at the top. That's not the... This isn't a basement level. No, it's the attic. Yeah, it's the attic. Attic level. Yeah, that's definitely the creepiest part of the game, I think. The first couple levels, it's not too bad because you're in a fairly well-lit 
part of the mansion, you're mostly going to dining rooms and libraries and music rooms and bedrooms, despite the fact one of those bedrooms, like we said, is housing a, a dead baby in a crib. Uh, it doesn't get super creepy until, like Ramon said, the lights get cut off and you only have your flashlight. And you can only really see whatever it is that your flashlight's pointing at, and it's a fixed camera, so it just adds into that survival horror aspect that this game does have elements of. It's it's very creative. I'm trying to think of my favorite uh, my favorite ghost. I really like the pool room, the uh, the billiards mm-hmm. room. Um, not even like the ghost isn't really that hard to defeat. Uh, I just I just love old rooms like that with like a dartboard and a pool table, and you can imagine it smells like just pure cigar smoke in there. Just thousands <laughs> of years of that dude smoking cigars. Probably it's all it all it probably <laughs> smells like. But it does it is kind of too bad though. Like eventually you kind of I kind of found this hack in the game, especially earlier on, where if you just once you have like contr- uh, have a hold of the ghosts, you can stand in the corner, and for the most part they can't get away from you. Uh, a little bit like uh, one of the bosses in Ocarina of Time. Um, you can do that too, mm-hmm. but if you don't do that hack, the game is way harder. But how about you, Ramon? Do you have a a favorite area of the mansion that stands out to you? Yeah, I like the one where you can throw the balls at the grandma. <laughs> <laughs> it is satisfying. The, the balls of yarn. Elder abuse. Elder abuse, <laughs> Elder abuse by Nintendo. <laughs> kind of have to be a dick to her at first. Like yeah. you just like she's just knitting. She's not really bothering you. You you knock the yarn balls off of her end table. She gets up to pick them up, and you just pelt them at her like you're playing remember that game red a on the schoolyard back when we were kids yeah of course where you just like chuck a ball at a kid oh, yes. while they're running back to the wall it's like that basically that's a great fight that's a good good choice ramon love that wait hold on is luigi the villain in this? i think so because now i'm thinking i remember in the first level the mom straight up is just putting on her makeup and then mm-hmm. we open the window or something and then she has to go and close it dude some people are just taking a bath and you bother them <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're just we're just disrupting their lives. Yeah, it, it seems like Luigi is the villain here. And he's just mm-hmm. like closing his eyes and killing people is basically what's going on in this game. He's a house invader. Like he's not welcome there. <laughs> no. it's Luigi Luigi's mansion, but he's the landlord and he, the ghosts are squatters. He's, just, he's evicting them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's the new owner of the building. He's like, you guys gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a millennial version of <laughs> Luigi's mansion. <laughs> that's too real. Too real. Attempting to own property. <laughs> this is what it takes to own a property as a millennial, unfortunately. But uh, when we talked about Mario games back on uh, the GameCube was cool. This was a while ago now. We uh, we talked about casting Mario movies, and we finally have that. And I think we actually correctly predicted Chris Pratt being Mario, which is awesome. I would love to actually see a Luigi's Mansion film uh, starring Charlie Day, of course. I think that's a great casting choice. Um, I think this would be a great idea for a movie sequel rather than continuing on with Super Mario Bros. movies. Uh, there aren't too many roles to cast in this game. I think the only two new characters that you'd have to include would be uh, Egad and King Boo, unless they happen to show their face in the new Mario film. So I got to ask both of you guys, do you have any ideas for who you would cast for those two characters? I'll go with Timothy Chalamet. Uh, I think he can pull that off. <laughs> he has the he has the range. <laughs> and King Boo, that's a good one. Tilda Swinton. Um, the guy who did um Paul Blart. Paul Blart. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, Kevin James. There we go. Kevin James. Okay. Thank you. So Kevin James as King Boo and Timothy. What Tim? Sha- How do you say his name? Timothy Shamalay. Timothy Shamalay. Shamalay. M Night Shamalay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. And then we have. And then we have about 100 ghosts to cast, so let's get started on that right now. What about the... No, I'm kidding. That's that's a good cast. I like that. We'll have to wait and see maybe in the next three to five years if they make a Luigi's Mansion film, how our predictions stack up. <laughs> I'd like to see maybe um, probably a very old Christopher Lloyd at this point from Back to the Future, uh, who plays the... I thought about plays that, Doc too. in Back to the Future. I think he's still alive. 
So Oh he is. If he wants to come out of retirement and play Professor Egad, he probably would he'd fit the role, you know, he he he's he's played a professor, doctor, kind of mad scientist guy. So uh that's that was my first thought. How about Willem Dafoe? Ooh, I can see that. Again, he's got the range like Ramon is looking for. Ramon's looking for mm-hmm. for someone who's a method actor and uh, who really becomes their role, really really embodies their role. Be- that uh, Willem Dafoe will go and live in a mansion for some reason for uh, for years, I guess. Uh, That's right. Uh, and uh, and really become Doctor Alvin Gad. <laughs> and last but not least, my last casting choice would be uh, for King Boo, Brendan Fraser, but it's straight up just Brendan Fraser from The Whale. <laughs> 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 he's typecast now. Yeah, he's t- <laughs> and then and then of course the the uh, we've we've spoiled this already earlier on the show, but uh, it's it's not Bowser. The end the end boss is not Bowser. It is King Boo. Um, were you surprised when you saw Bowser, Ramon? What, what was your first thought when you saw saw King Boo in that Bowser armor? Oh yeah, definitely. Like you think that well, because like who else would it be? Because yeah. this entire time you're just dealing with kind of with ghosts. So why would Bowser be involved? Right? But here he is, of course, getting that check. Jack Black's picking up his check for playing uh, pl- uh, playing Bowser briefly in uh, in Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, th- I mean, this game has has so much to offer, as you said, Ramon. It's 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 such a an intricate game. There's uh, you can get scared by it, you can go back to it, uh, you can finish it, and uh, and and really feel feel good about yourself. Of course, it's a short game uh, when you look back on it. But when I played it as a kid, I never thought about length. I just thought like, yeah, this is just a fun time. I really enjoyed this. Honestly, I think of the newest ones, it sounds like that Luigi's Mansion remake on 3DS is the one to go with just because it comes with everything that they wanted to do back in the day. It includes the uh, the PAL uh, bonus content where you can play the mansion again with uh, harder harder uh, ghosts and the mansion is flipped, which is really cool. It includes 3D stereoscopic view, which they wanted to do in the original game. I don't think graphically it could possibly do as well as GameCube did, but... I think if if you have a chance or you find the Luigi's Mansion on 3DS, not Dark Moon, literally Luigi's Mansion yeah. on 3DS, uh, that would be a, a pretty cool one to uh, to pick up. Yeah, I think I think I'd recommend that too. But uh, uh, Ramon, is there anything you'd want to change in Luigi's Mansion to to improve it in any way? I don't think so. I can't think of anything that I would want to do in this. So you're saying it's a ten out of ten? Yeah, it's a ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ing or IGN. That's <laughs> ING. ING. My official rating system. ING. ING Direct. <laughs> Remember those ads with the, the, the British guys? Like, save your money. Save your money. Uh, but uh, but I, <laughs> I'm just thinking ING Direct ads. Well, as I think of ING Direct ads over here, Neil, why don't you read the back of the case and we'll keep Ramon on for our favorite segment? All right, sounds good. But first, Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Luigi's want to mention the bad news is that it's crawling with ghosts and Mario seems to be trapped inside. Luigi's in for a spectacular surprise as he creeps into the pitch dark mansion he won, armed with only a flashlight and a vacuum custom-made for sucking up ghosts. Ghosts lurk in every nook and cranny. You'll have to master the Poltergust 3000 to vacuum them all up. Jewels, coins, and cash are hidden throughout the mansion, and fighting it all will be worth your while. 
You'll have to solve the mansion's many mysteries to catch a gallery of quirky ghouls, such as the fire-belching Mr. Lugs. Deep inside the mansion, hide elusive boss ghosts like Bogmire, each with ghostly powers and a ghostly bone to pick with Luigi. After collecting special medals, you'll be able to shoot fire, water, and ice from your vacuum to unearth secrets and thwart extra eerie ghosts. That's right. I, I forgot. We forgot to mention all these ghosts. They all had individual names, and they were all very clever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bogmire. It's funny that they like advertise <laughs> that on the back of the case. Like, oh, we all know Bogmire. That's right. The, the classic Mario character, and no picture of him on the back of the box to to accompany it. Oh, You've really? Got, no. Like they've got <laughs> screenshots from the game, but it's just Luigi doing Luigi things, and you see booze and whatnot, and uh, you know the numbers of the ghosts that appear on them to kind of show their level and how hard they are to suck up. But you do have the uh, the classic looking ghost on the front of the case, of course, which I love the front of Luigi's Mansion. Love the font, very cool, very Ghostbusters-y, very Scooby-Doo like, very you know Haunted Mansion looking. Um, you've got the blue and the pink ghost on there, which look great on with, with Luigi's green. Uh, the Japanese version, they don't have the ghosts on the front. I think that's got to do with Japanese culture, not really a ghost-like culture, I don't think. Something to do with that. And the European version looks pretty much identical to ours. And I own uh, Ramon's copy, so because he gave it to me. So thank you, Ramon. No worries. Is it worth a lot? About $80 now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's a mic. You can always go back to McDonald's and play it there if you want to. <laughs> Give me for free. <laughs> you can take it back. It's, Sorry, I told you. No, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's a player's choice copy, uh, so let's not let's not get uh, too crazy here. Fine, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I wipe my ass with player's choice Luigi's Mansions. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah, this was the fifth best-selling GameCube game uh, on the system, so it, it did get that player's choice copy. And uh, so Ramon probably picked it up a year or two later when the player's choice were coming out, and. Uh, then he, uh, you know, we're not going to say what age he was. We're just going to say he was uh, uh, maybe not so appropriate age to be that scared. But that's okay, Ramon. We still love you. What can I say? I have overactive imagination. Very you, good. You and Luigi both. But uh, that's right. Ramon, it's been uh, awesome having you on today. We really appreciate you taking the time and coming to talk about some Luigi and his mansion. And um, yeah, any any last thoughts about uh, about this franchise before we let you go? They're here. Who's here? That's a poltergeist reference. No, I know. (laughs) Sorry. You're doing the bit. (laughs) Oh, no. I know the one line. I'm sorry. Cut. Editor, cut. Cut. Cut this out. (laughs) Yeah. Can we get the editor, whoever's listening right now? Well, Ramon, we'll have to have you back on again very soon when we eventually cover Poltergeist. Uh, Who knows which one? I think that movie's been remade a couple of times. We'll have to go back to the classic one or something. Um, But until then, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. And uh, I guess we need to give you a new reason to be the enemy of the pod now that we've got our new season here of the What Was Cool series. You know, we've done the GameCube. We now have Unlocking What Was Cool. We need to find a new reason to uh, make you the most hated uh, guest to have on. I know. I need to find something to hate. Hmm. I'm sure I'll find something. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be too hard. You'll you'll figure it out. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to have you back on to talk about some mobile games because, you know, Woo! that's, 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 Ramon loves that. And he can be the mobile game expert. Uh, unfortunately, Luigi, not on mobile. Where's Luigi's run or Luigi run? You know, Super Mario run? Mm. Nope. <laughs> Sad. But Ramon, thank you very much again. And uh, we will see you real soon. Thanks, fellas. Take care, buddy. Bye. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you very much, Ramon, for coming on. His first appearance on Unlocking What Was Cool. 
Uh, we're always excited to have him on to talk about some games. Of course, talking about another GameCube game, Luigi's Mansion, which we didn't get to talk about the first time he came on uh, for the GameCube is cool. And yeah, he did a great job. And I can't wait to start my banking with ING Direct once again. I remember when those ads were so popular and I had no money at the time because we were like eight. So yeah. like, remember when ads And you were didn't... scared like Ramon. That's right. We were very scared because like, what is this adult world that I have no context of? Like, remember when we would watch TV as kids? Like, we watched pretty adult level TV channels. Like, we watched the news and sports and Seinfeld mm. and, and like non-cartoon channels. And there'd be ads for like insurance and like... I guess cars is not a thing, but like skincare and like whatever else. And it's like, none of this stuff makes any sense to a child of eight, but like we watched them and some of them were entertaining despite the fact we had no idea. Like what is pro progressive insurance? I don't know. I still don't because we don't live in America, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, it's a good, that's a good point. We should, we should do like a, a nineties, two thousands ad episode one day. That'd be fun. Look at some, like some old, uh, some of the best old ads from the 2000s. I just think of the... Um, Philadelphia Cream Cheese is getting a shout out. Yes, that's a great one. The the, the children's concerned advertise, advertisers <laughs> is... is All those are amazing. That's a Canada-only yeah. thing. Um, if you're not Canadian... Uh, the cons- House Hippo. The House Hippo, one of the greatest ads ever made. Uh, the boy chasing after his Pokemon card. Uh, you know, just so many great ways to, to, to tell you to stay active and, uh, and not trust ads all the time or trust people like us talking about Luigi's Mansion. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's been a great time, Neil, to, to, to revisit this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy we got to go back and look at Luigi's Mansion from a, a, you know, a better viewpoint after three years of covering games, understanding how to cover them properly and and have a bit of a format doing it and bringing on some guests as well who also know a lot and have great memories for it so it's uh, it's been a great time but uh we do have a couple more things uh of course we didn't do this last time because i don't know if i even had the book or remembered i had the book but this game is in 1001 video games you must play before you die so let me read the little segment here that they have you know open up the book here asmr there Ooh, yeah great That's good. paper nice. asmr Nightmares and dreamscapes abound. GameCube launch title Luigi's Mansion is the Mario game where you can't jump or button bounce off foes. Indeed, it's the Mario game where you don't actually play as Mario. Instead, his lanky brother Luigi comes to the fore. The beanpole hero in green dispatched to a haunted house where his famous brother has been kidnapped by a mischievous gaggle of ghosts. I love, that's a great gaggle. I love that. (laughs) Nice. That's a band name right there if we ever start one. Absolutely. It's a bold (laughs) departure and throughout it, there's a lingering sense of a seasoned development team letting go after years of expanding on a brilliant but well-defined template. Not only did this nail the slippery business of bagging ghouls far more convincingly than the Ghostbusters game in 2009, but it also managed to add valuable new material to the Mario canon itself, casting Luigi as a cowardly brother made heroic, bringing a dash of lasting characterization to the series who's relied so heavily on uh, the red-capped plumber himself. I love that. That's really cool. And I do like, like, that's a good, that's a good point. How Nintendo up until this mm-hmm. point, 16 years had relied very heavily on Mario. It's, it's, it was nice of them to kind of take a, take a chance on Luigi and then eventually taking a chance on Princess Peach on DS. Uh, they have that Prince, Super Princess Peach game, which I really wish that they would go back to. That game was really cool. And a Princess Peach standalone game, man, that, I, I think we could potentially see that again, but they even also, you know, 
drifted off over to Wario and whatnot. But I, th- I really think Nintendo needs to get off Mario for a little bit and and go into some of these side characters because they can really do some some cool things. I love a thousand and one video games. We're going to be able to read a lot more uh, from them because we're covering so many more different games now outside of GameCube. And another book that I have now that we did not have when we covered Luigi's Mansion is the game book that you gave me, the GameCube Anthology, which uh, mm-hmm. catalogs all the GameCube games, both North American, European, and Japanese. And uh, we didn't have this one the first time we covered Luigi's Mansion, and they gave it a five stars, which I uh, 100% agree with. I think this game is totally nine or a five, 10 out of 10. Uh, it's, it's really good. It did it did make me a little bit upset, though, just seeing the release date of this game in different regions in that oh, yeah. <laughs> where Europe got the game last in May 3rd, 2002, almost uh, five or six months after we did, I suppose, and they got more content. I totally would have been more on board for Luigi's mentioned to not be on launch for GameCube. Give us Rogue Squadron. Give us Wave Race. Maybe pump Melee out faster if you could have. Just give us that. And then we could have had a more complete copy of Luigi's Mansion, which would have been awesome. But that's yeah, really the only... Yeah. That, that's probably the biggest downside, I think, of our version of Luigi's Mansion. Way more than I think the uh, the length of the game uh, gets flack for. I think I would much have preferred to have had more of that bonus content, unfortunately. But... Anyway, we can play it now on on 3DS, but one more question I have for you, Mike, before we uh, move on to some more of our closing thoughts is that if Luigi's Mansion, if you were to be featured in Luigi's Mansion, you know, you're in this ghost house, Luigi's sucking up ghosts, you're one of those ghosts, what room do you think you would appear in? And you're saying I can make up my own room. You, you can know, make up your to... you, yeah. You can make up your own room, or you can make up a room from Luigi's Mansion if you want. Whatever's whatever fits your uh, f- whatever floats your boat. Okay, okay, I got, I got a good one. Uh, my room would be the room of rotten fruit. Nice. So, so Luigi would, you know, open the door, and uh, with his shaky hand, and go into the room, and you know, pitch black, and then puts his his flashlight on, and all he sees is rotten fruit everywhere, mm. uh, and with like little flies kind of going everywhere, and he can suck up the flies, and um, when he pans over, you know, there's there's cantaloupes, there's pineapple, there's uh, there's a lot of strawberries everywhere, sure. some big mound of rotten blueberries, and he mm. like steps in them, get a little foley artist there, like stepping in <laughs> fruit, like sounds of, of his shoes on fruit would be really cool, and of course, because uh, we were talking about fruits. Was that in this episode or last episode? <laughs> they all blend together. Good question. We opened an episode with a fruit talk, and uh, and I I want to kind of circle back to that. So uh, yeah, mine would be the fruit room because I do love talking about fruit, and I love fruit most almost all fruits really. And um, you'd have just ghost me eating uh, a ghost uh, a, a little ghost banana. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, uh, of course, so if you're eating a banana, that means it's lunchtime. Uh, as we, as we established <laughs> in that opening, That's uh, right. you'd be eating a banana at lunch. <laughs> I think if I were to appear in a room, it would probably have to be a room just packed to the gills with dogs. Like every, like you have to like, Luigi oh, okay. has to sift through every, like, I don't know how, if the GameCube can run this, but literally every breed of dog is in that room with me. Cause I think that's probably, of course, my ideal heaven is being with my friends and my family and all, all the things that I love. But I think also all the dogs would be there. So that would have to be my, my room. And, and Luigi has to uh, pet all of the dogs, and then I appear. Then he can take me away to Ooh. the afterlife. I think that's what that's what he has to do. I like that. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. <laughs> all of the dogs. I think that that's some DLC that we can uh, we can fit onto the GameCube at some point. Closing thoughts here. Uh, what's the future for Luigi's Mansion? We have Luigi's Mansion yeah. Three, of course. That uh, 
that came out, it did very well. You know, it's it's a it's a high selling Switch game, and I think we will have more Luigi's Mansions games. But um, like you mentioned, after the 1001 video games, Nintendo's a bit weird with their spin off characters. They kind of throw them off into the wind. Princess Peach stuck on the DS. Um, Waluigi's never gotten a game. Uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, we we talked about many times already in this episode. So th- there's there's a lot of these great franchises and Luigi's Mansion, of course, being one of them who got stuck for 12 years waiting for a sequel. Uh, it's it's hard to really see uh, what's going to happen next for him. I, I would hope that these sales would push Nintendo to uh, make more Luigi's Mansion style games uh, and maybe bring him in in different ways. Uh, it, but at the same time, as a fan, you know, what else what else can you do? In this scenario, like it seems like Nintendo has, has almost tapped this dry a little bit in terms of this formula. Uh, I think you'd have to kind of introduce something pretty radical to make this a, a really new game. And I mean, Pikmin is actually a good kind of counterpoint uh, to this because uh, Pikmin is definitely a game that kind of started out in the same way as Luigi's Mansion, very much like a, taking a French, taking a genre like RTS and uh, Luigi's Mansion Survival Horror, putting a Nintendo spin on it, and then. Uh, struggling a little bit, but still achieving good results uh, with how to kind of grow it, you know, and how to mm-hmm. amplify the message. So what do you think, Neil? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because on the one hand, you're right, with the Switch sales being as strong as they are, like, what did I say, 12 million units and counting sold on Switch, mm-hmm. that'll only go up and up as more people and children get into video games, uh, people growing into it. It's just, it's just the thing to buy. Like, you see Luigi and you know that it's a worthwhile thing to pick up with your console after you've played the Mario games. So that'll keep going, and I think that it will warrant a Luigi's Mansion 4 Probably one per console, I think. It was really strange to have uh, two on 3DS, and it just makes me upset today to think that Luigi's Mansion Remake or Remaster on 3DS is stranded there. So what I would like in terms of the games, I don't feel like we need a fourth one because, like like you said, I don't, I don't know what else they could do except maybe put him... I would love him to go back. I'd love them to just go back to the original formula and put the, put him back into a single mansion. But at that point, I feel like all you need to do is is just remake Luigi's Mansion One and put it on Switch, uh, and, yep. and play the game in HD. Let me play it on on the go. Let me maybe include or pack in Luigi's Mansion Two as well, so we can get the both of those games off of 3DS. Give us all the content, the European version. Uh, all the things that happened in Luigi's Mansion 2, uh, including maybe some of the mechanics from Luigi's Mansion 2 that weren't in Luigi's Mansion 1, which was, for one thing, in, in, I believe it was introduced in 2, you could use the flashlight almost like a shotgun. Like, you could kind of flash. You could, like, charge yeah. up a beam and flash it. That was that was awesome. That was really satisfying to do that in, uh, in Mansion 2. So I'd like that to kind of be incorporated. Maybe remake Luigi's Mansion 1, put it on Switch. I would, I think that would sell like gangbusters if they could do that. Uh, just keep putting that game out over and over again, honestly. Make the mansion <laughs> bigger. I don't know. Like, it, it doesn't need to be in a hotel and mansions like we talked about with Kira. I think it just needs to be kept small, um, like a little Arkham Asylum kind of game. Just keep it on one, in one locale. Um, but I was kind of serious there when we were casting the Luigi's Mansion movie. Uh, I think it'd be really cool as a film. I think that would be neat. Or even like a maybe not a Netflix series. Not everything needs to be that. But I think as a full featured film, I think it would be a really cool thing to have that after the Mario movie is uh after the hype of that is done. But how about you, Mike? What would you like to see uh, for the future of Luigi's Mansion? I mean, I would love love to see uh, some kind of feature film for. It. I think that would be really cool. Even like some spinoffs. Like we uh, we need more characterization of Luigi as well. Like we really just have like Luigi's Mansion to go off of, and and a couple other things where he's. 
with Mario, you think of um, uh, Partners in, in Time or whatever that was, uh, and like the the Superstar Sega stuff. Like that's uh, that's uh, the two of them together. But yeah, I think I think I just would like to have more characterization of Luigi because he's such a cool little character. You know, I, I he's someone I always pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always I always like like being in a Luigi main. He's the second guy. It's no fun just being Mario all the time. Just the same. <laughs> it's like the same thing over and over again. There's a lot more characterization with Luigi that can be done. And yeah, I'd like to see some kind of media, whether it be a TV series or film or whatever. Uh, do I need to see a new game? Uh, I'm not sure at this point. I think I can wait. Uh, I think I agree with what you're saying. I'd like to have some kind of deluxe edition mm-hmm. in, in some sense. But um, honestly, when I think of that, though, it kind of brings me back to kind of a remaster point that we were talking about uh, on our first episode with Kirby. And uh, does everything need a remake? Does does everything need a remaster? Maybe just port all this stuff and give me an online service where I can just play these games <laughs> at any time on the go. You know, really, that's the crux of the issue here, yeah. right? I think, like, I, I, I personally don't need Luigi's Mansion to to be remastered and remade like i can live with this 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 short experience uh it would be nice to just put the japanese or the european version on there and have that extra mansion but i don't really need anything else like the other games they have those mechanics sure but that's those are those other games they're their own individual games themselves too so mm-hmm. um i think really just just nintendo just give me give me my gamecube online service all right and and give me a Game Boy Advance service with more than five games. Also, I mean that's that's, that's coming. This the Advance service is still coming. And uh, we <laughs> at the time of recording this, we would have just got uh, Metroid Prime uh, Fusion. I think has come out. So they're coming. They're mm-hmm. coming. And they're I'm coming. So yeah. excited to play all of those games. But obviously, we've talked a ton about this game. I don't think we need to rehash how much you and I both recommend people out there pick up Luigi's Mansion on GameCube. We've said that already on the GameCube was cool. And we'll keep talking about it again. I'm sure that we'll find lots of reasons to talk about Luigi's Mansion in other episodes. But before we close out the podcast, I do want to read one letter that we did get. It's uh, part of our Discord channel. We do ask folks out there, submit their memories or thoughts of whatever game, movie, or album that we are talking about today. We have one letter from friend of the show, Matt, who was on our Chibi Robo episode from back in the day. And Matt says, Mm. I've always liked how the OG game feels the spookiest out of the franchise keeping everything a bit spooky and dark, at least compared to the later games. That felt more like a Scooby-Doo adventure. I liked how grounded the spookiness felt. Say spookiness one more time. Spookiness. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, and, you know, I said that early on in the episode, too. Like, that I really believe that the, the GameCube's graphics and the way that it was made specifically for the GameCube as a tech demo really helped it create that that jank as mm-hmm. you, you said neil uh to to give it give it a characterization and a life and and create the mansion as its own character itself so mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree matt yeah like just seeing the difference between how luigi looks in this game and how he looks in the third game completely different and i think he lo- it just it, the character design lends itself to the game uh in the gamecube version way more than dark or way more than the uh, the switch version does but i'm not a game developer so i can't uh, talk too much trash but Mike, while I'm waiting for the uh, the ultimate crossover that I've been waiting for, Scooby-Doo cross Luigi's Mansion, why don't oh. the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode four of Unlocking What Was Cool? Well, that's already better than what you did last episode when we did this, Neil, where you just quickly said, talk to you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> uh, no, next episode is a roller coaster tycoon. Uh, we are going to dive into the seminal 
a video game. One of the, the coolest, most interesting games ever made, uh, and it's been played a million times over by so many different generations of people now. Uh, it's, it's, it's a game that we have so many touchstones with throughout our lives. Uh, when it first came out, uh, when we were a little older, very recently as well. Um, and and it's, it's such an interesting history to that game. Most of us got it in cereal boxes at the time, but it, it's such a huge selling game. And, and really, I think anyone born around when we were experienced this in their childhood and probably has played it again since then. So really excited to talk about it and talk about the development of the game as well. And um, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Roller Coaster Tycoon is a completely iconic video game from the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s for us. Uh, I, it's one of the first games that I really got addicted to and one of definitely the first PC game I think I ever got addicted to. So I can't wait to talk about that with you, uh, with you next week and some of our friends. I've been playing this game literally my entire life. I'll pick it up once a year and get really into it and then put it away again and then and bring it back up. So it's going to be ton of fun to talk about that. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode three of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better and find a bigger audience. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free and a little early. Thank you so much to everybody over there. You can follow us on social media and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Just search for the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Professor Egad, Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Suka suka. See you later. Mario. Bye bye. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada, and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters. I Rebel, Dean Donian, Joey Sirico, White Wind Wolf L, Link, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito Benito, AJ Olson 11, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, and Jude. Luigi. That's nah, it's not too bad. It's better than your first attempt at EGAD back in 2020. <laughs> I've improved. I've clearly played the game more. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice.